Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Eagles at Bears. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of excitement. You know, again, I mean, this is what everybody works so hard for. You know, again, um, since day one we came in here, you know, we set our goals and our division to put us in this in this position right here. You know, to to be able to to be in the playoffs. You know, to have a home game in front of our fans. You know, again, it's what everybody works so hard for. You know, so it's a lot of excitement. In a good way right now. That's the and and it's that hasn't changed. We've been that way all year long. Uh, it's not a it's not a cockiness. It's not an arrogance. It's just a confidence and um, it's it's um, it's it's controlled. The guys we have just enough vets on this team. Even though we're young, we have enough vets to control how how high or low you get. And right now, all week long, we've been loose in a good way, and it, that's the exciting part. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. That voice you heard, of course, Bears head coach Matt Nagy as the Bears embark on Wild Card Weekend today. And, of course, before him, you heard Allen Robinson. Good morning. We are now just over... Six and a half hours away from kickoff. I am Jeff Meller alongside Chris Black and Adam Abdallah as we get you set for Bears and Eagles. And we are in the midst of Wild Card Playoff Weekend. And uh, it is almost time, gentlemen, for Bears and Eagles. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. We've been waiting all week for this game. And uh, really, uh, this week. is now, this is, well, what, all season? Is that what you're doing with? years. Waiting well, yeah. years for this, son. Yeah, it's been a minute. But here we go. Today is the day. Uh, Bears-Eagles on the lakefront. And I think most people, if you take a look at the stats heading into this matchup, for the most part, the Bears are going to be favored in almost every category that we look. The defense is excellent. The offense has been pretty good. And hopefully things work out in the Bears' favor today. Guys, I've already done my part. Two Eagles fans walked by our beautiful State Street Studios here, the first Midwest Bank Studios here on State Street. And I gave them a very aggressive thumbs down. So I've done my part for Bears fans today. I gave them the bird. So oh, here you go, Eagles. Well, they were wearing lots of birds. They had lots of birds on their on their attire. Good work, guys. Good but yeah, work. Solid, uh, the solid only, work. We're representing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to preview. We're going to walk you up to noon, and then uh, Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael will take over and walk you right up to kickoff. And then you can join Jonathan Hood postgame and uh, either celebrate a Bears wild card win or, uh, you know, drown in your sorrows in a loss. Hopefully not. Probably not. I don't think so. That's my expert analysis. Great work. Uh, again, that is Adam Abdallah. I'm Jeff Miller. Way to, along way to with leave me out there, guys. Chris Black. No, we were just uh, no, it's cool. No, it's fine. Absorbing I was just, trying, break time. I was just trying to figure out where this was going. No, but, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's cool. let's no, do no, it. No, 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 it's cool. Just leave me out on an island. Whatever. <laughs> they can win or they can lose. Yeah, I agree. They could. Yeah. And, Two but, options. But, and Jonathan Hood will take your calls regardless. Either way, there he will be, be no here tie today, guys. There will not be. There. That is true. There will not be a tie. There will not. There cannot be a tie. To uh, get you set for today's game, we'll be talking with Tom Waddle. You hear him every day from 2 until 6 on Waddle and Sylvie. Also, we will talk with Colin Wilson of the Action Network, who will give us a little bit of... He'll, uh, he'll give us uh, the latest on all the betting lines and what we need to know if you are fixing for some last-minute info to get your bet in. Maybe make that Chargers-Ravens game even a little bit more interesting. Alex Brown, former Bear, will talk to us at 11.10. And... And coming up at 9.45, we will have a Bears season recap oh, yeah. to this point. The old montage. 
Yeah, I can't wait. Eric Ostrowski did some good work, uh, so we will play that at 945 and uh, probably play that at about 1145 as well in case you miss it the first time. But really looking forward to hearing that and then really getting excited and hyped for this game because I think that's where you get all the analysis and all the breakdown all week. But now that it's game day, like I had trouble sleeping last night, guys. I don't know about you. I was just thrilled and excited that today was finally here. And then late last night, we see some breaking news from the Chicago Bears, which is unusual the night before a big game, the night before a playoff game, and late on a Saturday night. Usually NFL news about a team that's playing in the playoffs, as long as it doesn't have to do with a coach maybe taking an interview for a, a head coaching position, mm-hmm. that news doesn't usually break late on a Saturday night. Well, especially this season. We've seen uh, in the past with John Fox that uh, during the walkthrough, the walkthroughs can be a bit dicey. And Alshon Jeffrey's gotten injured in the past, and other players have gotten injured during the walkthrough. But last night, around nine forty, exactly 9.47 p.m., the Bears sent out a release that Bears tight end Trey Burton has been added to the team's injury report and is questionable for Sunday's game versus the Eagles with a groin injury. And Jeff Dickerson was on uh, earlier today and mentioned that it probably happened during the Saturday morning walkthrough and not during the uh, Saturday night dance-off that the team likes to have. Uh, so sometime in the walkthrough, maybe, maybe in the dance-off, not going to say, just going to say, uh, that happens every time. But Trey Burton is questionable. doesn't mean he's not going to play. Just means that he's going to be a game time decision along with Eddie Jackson. Uh, Albert Breer reported earlier from the NFL Network that he is a true game time decision. They're both going to warm up, see how the warm ups go, and then they will try to give it a go. But if they're anywhere near, I would guess, healthy and contributable and able to contribute, sure. it's a playoff game. You're going to play. Abs- These guys understand. Absolutely. And Trey Burton, one of the members of the Bears team who has just gone through a deep playoff run, in fact, winning the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles last season. So there's no doubt he wants to participate in today's game. But again, anytime a player is added to an injury report late in the week and as late as you can possibly have it, essentially being Saturday night, that is concerning for the Bears. And look, Trey Burton, even though he hasn't been as productive as he was early in the season, he is critical to what Matt Nagy likes to do. Yeah. In that move tight end spot. So it is something that is worth monitoring. We probably won't get any word until inactives are announced, but they will test it and see if he's available. And it's not exactly what you want to hear uh, the morning before the Bears get ready to go. Clearly something happened yesterday, obviously, right? Because otherwise he would have been on the injury report throughout the yeah. week. Uh, and then also, if you want to add to the point, like he certainly will uh, could w- play if he wants to or whatever, like get through it, right? Like that's still on the table, obviously. But it is very unusual that something like this is to happen. Like that does that's not normal to add someone to the injury report late on a Saturday night before a Sunday game. And it always makes you pause and say what exactly went on because they're called walkthroughs. So just the the term makes right. you think there should be really no real chance for injury in that and yet to hear that uh he has been added is uh unfortunately for bears fans i'm not saying i'm just saying i i did the i did the scratching my chin monocle emoji yesterday to a report from stacy dales from a while ago how club dub is great after a win but club dub opens on saturday night when they challenge each other to a dance off and there's like they have judges and they judge each other's dance off or whatever i'm not saying that that's where it happened 
That's not what I'm. I am not reporting. I'm or, not reporting oh, on the scene. Yeah, I am not, not reporting on the scene. A, believe but, me, no one's taking you as a reporter but right if, now. But if that were to, if it were to come out that that were the case, oh ooh, no, boy, who the cuteness, the cuteness factor goes right out the window. Yeah, the American Idol style dance off before games is definitely cute. So if you have a problem, if you're one of those guys that has a problem with all the cuteness with Matt Nagy and everything going on with the Bears this season, this will send you over the edge because if you lose a player based on a dance-off before a playoff game, that's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, now, it obviously could have happened during a walkthrough, or but maybe you, it was you, something that was lingering was throughout the week. Pulled, when was the last time you pulled a groin walking, Chris? Uh, not, I've never... Done that. Meller, you ever pulled a groin walking? What, what about you dancing? Have you ever pulled a groin dancing? Oh, I got some moves, but I've never pulled a groin dancing. I've, I've seen your little twirls that you do. I've yeah, seen them. Yeah. I could pull a hammy because I'd be, you know, trying kicks and stuff, but, you know. It, it is. Not a groin. Uh, it, not- it, it, it's an interesting storyline to follow today, Jeff, because you also you mentioned that we won't find out anything until we get to inactives later on today, mm-hmm. which that won't come out until what? About 2 30 ish? Yeah, probably. Right? So. So as we go through today and, and kind of analyze this game, the Bears without Trey Burton, I think, is going to be a major issue for this offense. Trey Burton not only has been uh, good in the passing game, he's been a safety valve for Mitch Trubisky. When things break down, he's been able to find him, dump off passes to him over the middle, on the flat, all different type of things. And then also adding the fact that any trick play style uh for Matt Nagy. I know Trey Burton doesn't want to throw the ball, but usually he's involved in some kind of uh he, handing off or something in the the jet sweep action he, game. So mm-hmm. if the Bears have to play this game without Trey Burton because he got hurt on the Saturday before a playoff game, it's gonna be a major problem. He's also a very good blocking tight end and that affects the running game and their ability to run play action and and, and everything that na- it affects the entire game plan for Matt Nagy heading in to a game where you want to control the clock. You want to keep the ball out of Nick Foles' hands. You want to keep the ball away from the Eagles, and you want to be able to... The Bears have dominated in all of their wins. They've dominated time of possession. And when you take away any offensive weapon for a a quarterback playing in his first playoff game, in his first year in a new system, it's going to be difficult for the Bears if Trey Burton can't suit up and play for sure. I think the point that he is, if nothing else, even if he's not directly involved as a passer or catcher of the ball on a play that could potentially you know, catch the Eagles off a of guard, he is a decoy for just being out there because, yeah. look, Doug Peterson and the Eagles are well aware of what Trey Burton's capable of mm-hmm. because, look, everyone remembers, you know by now, you're a Bears fan, he was the passer on Philly Special. Yep. The play made famous in last year's Super Bowl against the Patriots. So there's no doubt that losing him if he's not available today will be critical. It is, though, interesting to me. Probably the most fascinating part of today's game is I, I'm confident in the Bears' defense. Have no issues, no concerns whatsoever. They're going to come to play. If Eddie Jackson can't go. Also, still, you know what, though? I think Deion Bush, is, look, it, it's better that Eddie Jackson be available. I am perhaps getting a little ahead of myself because I do think he will be based on all the reports. Mm-hmm. We've had Dan Weeder, Jeff Dickerson, multiple people on throughout the week talking about how they do expect Eddie Jackson to be out there. The The practice week, more than anything else for Eddie Jackson, was the idea was let's ma- maintain what, where he's at right now, make sure he's as healthy as possible for Sunday's game. And again, it's a playoff game. I would expect every person who's available in any way, any capacity, they will be out there for the Bears today, whether that's Eddie Jackson or 
Trey Burton. But the interesting, the, the most fascinating part of today's game for me, because I trust Matt Nagy will put Mitchell Trubisky in good positions. He's done it all year long. What I'm concerned about is the matchup between Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson. And I'm not saying this can't go either way. It could go in both directions. It's going to be a higher level of chess, though, that's taking place because both Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy know each other so well from yeah. spending so much time together in, in, in uh, offensive installs. Like These two guys... I mean, I don't know. You have to imagine there's probably not out, and maybe let's. I would say even throwing Frank Reich, but he wasn't with Doug Peterson as long as Matt Nagy was with Doug Peterson mm-hmm. uh, together in Kansas City and Philadelphia. So when you look at two head coaches, there's not a whole bunch who know each other as well as these two do know each other around the NFL. And Matt Nagy talked a little bit about the relationship between the two head coaches earlier this week. Well, in general, not just us, but our families are close. Our wives are close. Our kids, uh, he's got older kids, so he's he preps me a little bit, even in, in, the, in the family world of, of knowing he's got, you know, three boys. So me having four boys, he can kind of give me an idea what I'm, what I'm uh, looking into here in the future. But he's got a great family and uh, – uh, like I said, we're all close, and so there's been uh, there's too many stories for me to sit up here and tell you. I mean, it goes back to you know back to I can remember my in 2010 our first year when we would get out at lunchtime in the off season just go for runs, you know, and just trying to get away. But it, it goes. I mean, whether it's playing golf together, uh, whether it's uh, breaking down quarterbacks, putting plays, whatever. I mean, we just it goes it goes on and on. Eating lots of ice cream late at night. We have. <laughs> He loves he loves the soft squeeze vanilla ice cream with the rainbow sprinkles. That's his favorite. Yeah, he loves it, and he'll he, he'll admit that. Soft serve, soft serve. Okay, not soft. Squeeze. I assume soft serve, not soft squeeze. I did a thorough <laughs> Google search on soft squeeze, and all That's I could come thing? up with was butter. Okay, soft squeeze butter, not soft serve ice cream. So unless Doug Peterson is putting sprinkles on his butter, as a former ice creamman, uh, someone who what, did, what, what does that mean? Uh, I I. I Dabbled in the retail the art, of, the fine art of ice cream. You worked at a Dairy Queen. Yeah. That's not that's soft serve. Former yeah, that's ice, like that's, that's like ice cream. Jack Black saying when he worked at Subway, he was a sandwich artist. Okay, am I not? Are, are blizzards not art? Okay, I made go, you go many. On, go on with your thought. I made you many a blizzard. Yeah, you were good at holding it upside down. I agree. Yeah, go that's ahead. that's part of the art. I, I'm aware. Go ahead. Isn't it? No, it's it's interesting to see that the two coaches what the, what they know can do can do against each other. The edge, however, goes to the Bears because of the defense. Like and like you said, Jeff, not being concerned about what the defense is going to do against Nick Foles in that offense. I'm more concerned if Eddie Jackson can't go, but they have. Uh, a lot of weapons, Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, like these guys are going to be able to find ways to, to get open. It's just a matter of can the Bears get pressure on Nick Foles? Can they, are they susceptible to the pass rush and making him uncomfortable and making him make Aaron throws to the Bears secondary? Hopefully Eddie Jackson can go and, and you know pick off a ball or two, something like that. Well, it, it is interesting because if you look at the stats, yeah, the Bears have the edge. But mm-hmm. they are going against a team that may know them better yes. than any other team in yes. the NFL. And based on what Jeff was just like leading us to, towards is the fact that the head coaches know each other so well. The fact that the Bears have an edge defensively, that's been great for the season. Mm-hmm. But if the Eagles know what the Bears offense is going to do, to do before the snap, 
I don't know how big of an edge they really are going to have if the Eagles' defense is well-prepared, which they probably will be based on the coaching staff that they have. And this gets to the underlying point. I think it's been the most you know polarizing topic in Chicago football is how Mitchell Trubisky will handle his first playoff game and the fact that the Eagles' defense goes up against a similar offense day in and day out in practice they have, they'll have a better understanding than most defenses that Mitchell Trubisky goes up against. So it may be more incumbent on Trubisky to go through his progressions and understand exactly where he needs to go with the ball because those first reads that Matt Nagy is so good at designing may not be as open as they usually are or that as much as they have been this season. Look... We've well, seen, especially if Trey Burton doesn't play. Well, there's another factor. So that, that to me, is the most fascinating matchup today is Matt Nagy going up against Doug Peterson, a man who knows exactly what he's trying to do offensively, and vice versa. Nagy understanding what Peterson's trying to do. Uh, so this is going to be a new test for Matt Nagy as a head coach, something that he really hasn't run up against before. Yeah, on the Trubisky conversation, you know, the thing to kind of look at when you head into this playoff game is, Uh, players perform differently on the stage of the playoffs. You know, we saw yesterday Deshaun Watson looked awful. You looked at the way he was missing throws, missing wide-open receivers. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a good game. Mm -hmm. So, like, you never know how a quarterback is going to act until he gets into that spot, especially if it's the first time he's ever played in a playoff game. Deshaun Watson yesterday, Mitch Trubisky today. You know, we saw in the second game last night, Dak Prescott, he looked pretty good. The Cowboys won, but I wouldn't say they won because of Dak Prescott. So you never know how these younger quarterbacks are going to really fare. And then you see in a situation, if the Eagles get to Trubisky, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of manipulates and how he kind of navigates the game if the Eagles are getting lots of pressure, especially with their front four. Well, it's like you said, the the pressure of the front four, the Eagles have the most guys with over 40 pressures on that defensive line. Fletcher Cox has 61 quarterback pressures. Michael Bennett has 51. Brandon Graham has 44. Chris Long has 41. You saw Deshaun Watson had like negative five seconds yeah. in the pocket yesterday. He was running uh, out of the pocket as fast as he could, and he was backpedaling 10 yards sometimes because he was just getting chased out of the pocket. So it's going to be up to the Bears' offensive line to – protect Mitchell Trubisky and he's going to need time to to get to go through his reads I don't want to see the from the first couple games with Mitchell Trubisky where he goes to the first read and if it's not there he just tucks and runs because that's not a recipe for success if he's the leading rusher that's not a good thing that's how they were struggling that's how the offense was struggling in the beginning of the season and so it's going he has to be able to read the the go through the progressions Find open wide receivers. Find open guys. Matt Nagy can get guys open. We've seen that throughout the season. He's been able to do that. Without Trey Burton, it might be a little a bit of a problem if he doesn't end up playing. But it's going to be on Mitch Trubisky to have the patience to play, like we heard from a bunch of analysts earlier this week, boring football. Just run the ball. Find the open man. Don't try to be a hero. Don't turn the ball over. And just go th- and just do your job, basically. They just do, do your job. The Deshaun Watson comp uh, is interesting to me. They're always going to be linked because they're in the same draft class. And Trubisky, the Bears moved up to get him, and they essentially chose Trubisky over Watson in that situation. 
Deshaun Watson, if you've watched him closely, he didn't play drastically different. He missed quite a few throws. He was inaccurate. Mm -hmm. There were also a couple of plays early on in that game. Uh, Vincent Smith, in particular, had a big play downfield. If he holds on to the ball, that completely changes the complexion of the game. Look, Deshaun Watson has, Abdallah, you can uh, attest to this more than most, has played in a lot of big college football games. He Mm -hmm. played in two national championships against Alabama. He went into those games and he he won one. Mm-hmm. He showed you that the big moment wasn't too big for him. I don't think a division uh, a wild card game against a divisional opponent yesterday was in any way a bigger stage for him than the college football national championship. We know Deshaun Watson. It's not that the pressure got to him necessarily. The truth is, Deshaun Watson has been inaccurate at times throughout his career. As the Texans quarterback. Yesterday, just there were some moments where if a few players would have made bigger catches earlier in the yeah. game, the game would have got, wouldn't have gotten out of hand so quickly. Deshaun Watson's biggest problem, I think, was the fact that too many people uh, around who are casual football observers didn't understand how good the Colts defense has become. Well, also, why are you throwing a 15-yard pass with fourth and one with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback? Like, what? There's, what, is, what is Bill O'Brien thinking in that play? Oh, there's plenty to, uh, yeah, we can dive into, but... At the same time, there were several throws that were wide open yes. that Deshaun Watson, if he leads his receivers properly, are big gainers. And again, in a 14-point game, a 14-point loss, and, and also a game where they had the ball, what was it, at the three-yard line to close out the half where they fa- on fourth and uh, goal and failed to get the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Because again, another wildly inaccurate throw by Deshaun Watson. Anyway, we're getting off track. The, the point is the focus, the Bears. Tr- Mitchell Trubisky, I truly believe, will be the guy that we've seen for the most part, all season long. He's not going to get, he's not going to, de- for me, I don't expect him to deliver some incredible game that we haven't seen. The point is going to be, can the Bears win in the fashion they've won all season long? I'm not, he's not going to come out and give us that game he gave us against the Bucks, where he, where there were six touchdowns and it was a cakewalk. This is going to be a hard fought game throughout the entire, it's going to be incumbent on Trubisky to go through his progressions and make the throws to the second and third reads and hopefully be successful on those. Because we know when the first read is wide open, Trubisky has no problem completing those passes. Mm-hmm. It's when he gets the happy feet in the second and third progressions where he struggles at times. Yeah, it's happy feet and then going downfield. Mm-hmm. So as long as Nagy can keep uh, the offense moving at a clip where it's short uh, first down opportunities, right? So it's like second and four, uh, third and two, mm-hmm. stuff like that. The Bears will be okay, I think. And then also, you're just looking for Trubisky to be efficient today. If he has a completion percentage of 75%, 70%, there's a good chance this Bears team is going to win today. But if you see him struggle to make completions, especially early, then it may be a long day for the Chicago Bears offense because you look at Trubisky when he's been at his best. You're right, Jeff. The Tampa Bay game is uh, is an outlier on the season. But if you look at when Trubisky's on his as best against the Packers, against the Vikings, in other games, it's because of the completion percentage and the fact that he's throwing 20 for 24. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something like that, just keeping the ball moving, don't make a big mistake, be efficient on the day. That voice is Chris Black. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Adam Abdallah. This is Chicago's NFL Game Day right here on ESPN 1000. We will be talking with Tom Waddle at 10 o'clock. But coming up next, we'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. And don't forget, a season recap coming up at 945 that you will not want to miss. This is ESPN 1000. 
This is Chicago's Game Day. Late last night, they announced that Trey Burton, their highly paid starting tight end, is now questionable with a groin injury. So you have to imagine that happened during the Saturday walkthrough and not the late night snack at the team hotel late last night. Uh, you know, Trey Burton's a big part of this offense, 54 catches. He talked all week about the excitement about facing his former team. So he's questionable officially. Uh, we'll see where, what his status is when we get to the stadium in a little bit. But obviously not a great sign this late in the game when one of your best offensive players pops up on that report. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. That voice you are familiar with, of course, Jeff Dickerson on ESPN Radio earlier this morning giving you the breakdown on Trey Burton. I am Jeff Meller along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black taking you up till noon today on ESPN 1000 talking Bears and Eagles. Getting you set, of course, for Steve Mongo McMichael and Fred Hubner, who will take you right up till game time after us. So we are your home for all the Bears coverage that you need as you no doubt get ready by tailgating, which you gentlemen will be doing too after the game, after uh, we get off the air here today, right? Yeah, before the game, after the game, we'll be out there. Yeah, we'll, we'll be out there. There's I'm geared uh, up already, got the boots on. I got like I'm gonna got layers in a bag ready. Layers in a bag. Yeah. Uh, well, my, I'm not gonna wear them all now. So my dad is driving down to uh tailgate with us your dad and, uh, texted me last night oh he did what yeah. did he text you last yeah. night your dad texted me last night he was texting a whole bunch of people last night i got a text last night too. he said be hungry my friend with a eagle emoji and a chicken wing emoji <laughs> he, he told me yesterday that the menu today is bird <laughs> he said that's all that's all I'm, he wait, said wait. no nothing else and your dad has red receipts on by the way yeah, <laughs> I know. chris bleck's uh dad is in playoff form no oh, doubt he's ready does he know i do believe it's probably illegal to grill an eagle yeah no we're not yeah uh, we're not uh, actually that's not the type of eagle. bird just i assume making it sure. will be uh, just confirming and probably turkey okay um as a representation yeah. of bird of, but, yeah. but an he just said should bird. they win yeah. i'm eating a ram okay yeah, that's, that's fair. fair too. Um, that's fine as long as you're not grilling up an eagle. No. So, so since uh, since we're outing my dad's text uh, to us late last night, yeah. oh boy, uh, he texted me. I want to get the ruling from you guys, and uh, maybe others have thoughts on this too. He suggested that we invite one of our friends to come tailgate with us, but we don't have a ticket for that friend. Oh, so is that yeah, is yeah. that a poor move? I think that's. I think does, that does is that in friend, poor form? Here's the problem. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. Does said friend live anywhere near the stadium? He kind of does. He lives in the South Loop. He, it's probably a twenty minute walk yeah. from from where we mm-hmm. would park to the to his okay, apartment. Well, I, okay, I'll let you go ahead. You you weigh in, Abdallah. You uh, will be at this tailgate. So I'll be at this tailgate, and I. I, would, I mean, look, the more the merrier. Yeah, I know no, what you're I talking under, about. I understand. And, and the more the merrier. My problem isn't is... It, isn't it rude friends, to be like, hey, come to the tailgate. By well, the way, we don't have a ticket for you. But, well, but, but come on out. But from his perspective, and I know he's a fan of football, you would then miss... Like, we're not going to be able to watch the end of the first game. Yeah, won't. Yeah, he'll want to watch And then the you'll, he's going to miss the beginning of the Bears game. Well, no, see, I would... If said friend wants to... You, you see, I think it's okay to give them the invite as long as obviously with the preface, hey, just so you know, I don't have well, that extra ticket. That a, isn't that no, 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 a jerky text? It, I don't think hey, it's... Hey, by the way, I don't have a ah, ticket for you. You ah, didn't make the cut. But by I the way, if you want to come have a beer or two and uh, have some th- bird... Look, it, because he's close to the stadium, I don't think it's out of bounds. 
I think it's, you know... Look, nobody's close yeah, to Soldier, right? Soldier Field. Field. No like, one's close. There's what? Gene Greco's the only person yeah. that's close that's to Soldier fair. Field. That's he true. can rock a loogie out his balcony and yeah. hit Soldier Field. But outside of that, I mean, there's, there's a bit of a walk okay, involved here. I agree, I agree. But look... The tailgating experience for some people is was one of the best parts of the game. For sure. And so I can understand if you're close enough where he wanted to come out mm-hmm. at, say, noon, be there, Whoa. and then bail at 3. <laughs> That's early. I'm just saying, if he wanted to be there at noon to 3 and bail... Now I don't I don't know what time your dad's going to get there because the the, the parking noon. lot opens four hours before the yeah. game so with a three forty kick and we'll probably start walking into the game around three I would imagine yeah so so like I can understand the invite going out and saying hey if you want to join us at the tailgate and then you know just so you're there for the you know the playoff atmosphere beforehand totally cool nothing wrong with giving the invite I don't know he feel like he's it's a jerky the, thing to say I is think like so too hey, hey bro like, uh, we we don't have a ticket for you you're not cool enough to make the club but by the way if you want to come stand around in a parking lot. And maybe, and eat some bird. maybe he's out there and then he's near game time, picks up a, a, a discounted about, can ticket. I, can I throw in a different caveat here? He's a Packers fan. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, he is. All right, never mind. There's no point there. <laughs> There's no point whatsoever. Then. I, I, I made the assumption he was a Bears no, fan. He's a no, Packers he's, he's fan. not. He's, right. a, he's Packers a Packers fan. fan. We, have bl- we have plenty of Bears talk for Bears fans out there. <laughs> if you're a Packer fan and you want to weigh in, you can. 312-332-3776, but we'll just mock you. Um, all right, let's try John, who's in Rolling Metals. He wants to talk about this game. What's up, John? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. To you as um, well. You know, the, this thing, the, the Philadelphia's got to figure out a way to keep our young quarterback in the pocket and take his legs away and make him throw the ball. Um, offensively, and the guy that scares me the most was a bear and knows their defensive scheme, and that's Elshon. He'll find a way to get open deep, and he's going to cause problems late in the game. He's he's the one receiver that can go up late in the game, cause a pass interference, and get the ball deep in Bears territory, and maybe not even make the catch, but get the call. And there, you know, there's nobody that wants to beat the Bears more than Elshon does today. So I think somehow or other. Um, they're going to find a way to get him the ball. And, you know, he's a big physical receiver. He's not going to go down easy. And I just have a feeling he's going to create a nightmare some point in this game for the Bears. I, John, I never felt like Elshon was a tough tackle. The hard part with Elshon Jeffrey is just that physical matchup for defenders and that he can high point the ball, go up and get it, and it doesn't matter – how well you are in terms of coverage is that Elshon Jeffrey can still be open even when you're blanketing him. That's where the problem comes in. It's not so much, look, the, I don't think the Eagles are going to go out of their way just to get Elshon Jeffrey the ball in some form of revenge. This is more about they're trying to advance. They've won their Super Bowl with Elshon Jeffrey as a receiver. Yeah. They're not too concerned about revenge factors. Well, that, that's a bigger near t- narrative that you hear in the media, more so than an actual mm-hmm. game plan. When I look at Alshon Jeffrey, the thing that I would be concerned about is red zone, back of the end zone, throws high-pointed, as Jeff said. Yeah. When Foles, if he has to... 50-50 throw balls. It, yeah, well, not even 50-50, but those, those passes in the back of the end zone where you throw it where basically no one can intercept it, but you have one wide receiver who can go up and grab it and try and get two feet down. That would be concerning to me. Outside yeah. of that, for the wide receivers, I'd be actually more concerned with Nelson Aguilar and Golden Tate. Golden because Tate, when sure. we've seen the Bears struggle against teams 
with wide receivers who are fast and small, that's when we've seen the 70-yard pass plays against the Dolphins, against the Patriots. We've seen it against the Packers this season. I know it was a bit earlier in the year, and the Bears' defense has played better as of late, limiting that. But Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, don't let them beat you deep. That's what I would be worried about more. Can I give you guys my biggest concern? As it is 940 here on ESPN 1000. Oh, wait, 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 wait. In the first this Midwest is, this bank. Is perfect. Officially six hours from kickoff. Go six ahead. hours from kickoff. As we go to Chopper 1000 oh, for the oh, breaking news, as we go to Chopper 1000 high in the sky for a weather report, we're looking at a game time temperature of 39 degrees. We're looking at winds right now at kickoff of 14 miles an hour with gusts up to 20 miles an hour. My biggest concern is one of the worst kickers in the NFL, hitting only 76% of his kicks, and that is Cody Parkey. That is my biggest concern because it is going to be blustery out there. It is going to be gusty out there. And any form of wind in a game-winning situation, game-tying situation, whatever situation it is, that is my biggest concern as the helicopter is shaking right now because we just got a big gust, guys. Just got a big gust. Big gust here. 14 miles an hour and rising as the game goes on, by the end of the game, I saw one of those graphics earlier for weather graphics, but late in the game, 20 miles an hour. It's going to be windy out there. That's not cool. Yeah. Look, if there's any Bears fan whose biggest concern is not Cody Parkey, feel free to give us a call and tell us tell us what, what concerns you more, because <laughs> yeah. clearly I think that's number one in every Bears fan's list. Well, especially you look at the games yesterday. I know that it was a two-touchdown game in the early game with the Texans and the Colts, but... The Seahawks and the Cowboys, that was a field goal matchup for most of the game. And then you look at the way that they lost. An extra field goal made, not missed by the Seahawks, you probably win that game. So it, to me, is the most concerning thing is Cody Parkey and his inability to make field goals and his ability to hit the post because I doubt banking it in is going to work today. I don't think that that's the, the best option to try and make I think the goals. point is the strategy to bank it in is never a good one. If well, you know what I don't want to hear? This guy. You know what I don't want to hear? Well, that, that, that's yeah. not what it's going to sound like, a but yeah, like a dong, a dong, dong noise. Dong. That's what I don't want to hear. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Thank yeah. you for clarifying dong noise. Well, yeah, well, you, you get what that's I'm saying. You, you know what the poll, the, the field goal post sounds like. That's black along with Abdallah. Okay, I'm, I'm Jeff uh, Miller. Tobias Fumke right here. Tom Waddle coming in, uh, in uh, Baltimore too. Just saying. Windy yeah. in Baltimore. It's uh, uh, January. It's about as nice as it's going to be on a January day. All True. right. Uh, Tom Waddle coming up at 10, but up next, you will not want to miss this, a recap of the Bears' 2018 season so far, coming up next on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Ah, yes, we are now under six hours away from Bears and Eagles. I am Jeff Meller, along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. If you want to talk about this game, this playoff atmosphere that we'll be embarking upon later today, feel free to give us a call at 312-332-3776. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll talk with Tom Waddle, get his last-minute reactions to today's game. But before we do that, if you are a Bears fan, you are going to enjoy this because it has been a magical season to this point. And Eric Ostrowski has done a nice job of recapping it for you with this montage. The 
Bears are hiring Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, two days after he's eliminated. He will be hired as the Bears head coach. He is in the building right now. They are finalizing that contract. He will be the Bears new head coach. I come here and I start meeting everybody and you see where they're at. They're hungry and the fans are hungry. And I get the that. Raiders are planning to trade Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears in a move that will bolster the Bears' pass rush, and the Bears could afford to pay Mack because they pay the young quarterback and Mitchell Trubisky. But if everything works out today, Mack is on his way to Chicago. What's the Mack attack all about? Oh, domination. domination. Packers, Bears. And this time he's going to go down. It's going to be picked off by Mack. Mack with the interception. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. Crazy was that. Robertson Harris extracted the ball 28 yards, and Khalil Mack is already the defensive MVP of the season. Rodgers surveying, fires, that's caught. Randall Cobb into Chicago territory. Randall Cobb inside the 20 yard line. Randall Cobb is going to score. 75 yards, that is crazy. This could set the. Chicago Bears back a hundred years. There's no way they could lose this game. Trubisky, look out, loses the ball on a fourth down play. Nick Perry. And, and, the and first Green one Bay is going to win it. All right, well, obviously, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one for us. It stings. Um, yeah, I want our guys to, to feel that. They understand. I want our coaches to feel it. Um, you know, we, we talked about finishing, and, and we didn't do that. I feel like I left a lot of throws out there. I definitely have to go back to the film. Uh, I know on a few of those, I got happy feet. To 17. Trubisky with a couple of touchdown passes. That defense was dominant in the first half with that guy. The new addition, Khalil Mack. Domination. Bears at Cardinals. Second down and eight. Stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack forces the fumble. Well, the Bears are that much away from going two and one for the first time in four years. And the Cardinals drop to 0 3. First time since 2005, and the Bears survive. Team win uh, collectively, and I know um, again, it, it's this is uh, you know for our defense three weeks in a row now where they've they've done some special things. Buccaneers at Bears. Down the goal, they try the same play again, and this time a touchdown to Taylor Gabriel, the sixth touchdown pass. In this game for Trubisky, who had 12 starts a year ago through seven. I'm so happy for Mitch. It's it's great to see him uh, get the stats to go along with his preparation, his hard work. It felt good out there. Uh, everything that Coach Nagy was calling was working, and we just we just kept rolling. Bears at Dolphins. The snap, the kick for the win, and it's right right. The kick for the win. For the most part, we did a pretty good job, and then obviously Cody and the rest of us would have liked him to make that, but um, that's a that's a part of this game, and uh, we win as a team and we lose as a team. 
Patriots at bear. Desperation mode for Chicago. Trubisky uncorks. Deep ball on the way. It is caught, but he couldn't get in. Stopped at the one. The Bears will fall short. It is Kevin White. Chicago came that close to a miracle toss. Jets set Bears. In the secondary he goes, and he will not be caught. Touchdown, Chicago. And now you're seeing the electricity. When you leave Cohen one-on-one and he has that much space, you ain't touching him. Final score is Chicago 24 and New York 10. Loving it. You know, I get to touch the ball a lot more. Uh, more often than last year, more consistent than last year, I feel. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving it right now. Bears at Bills. That's another takeaway for the Bears. Leonard Floyd with a touchdown for Chicago. Jordan Howard bouncing inside into the end zone for a Bears touchdown. Vikings at Bears. On the 44 yard Trubisky keeps it and takes a shot from Smith. A couple of kneel downs will end it. This will take them to a mark of 7-3. and three. And This was that signature win they were looking for. Bears at Lions. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. Mitch, uh, he has a, a right shoulder that we're uh, you know that we're we're dealing with right now and it's uh it's something that uh, is going to be day to day for us bears at giants what's coming daniel in trouble just lets it fly going deep for gabriel and the giants win it in an overtime the giants with an exciting 30 to 27 win rams at bears they got all kinds of defensive players in the game right now Michael Brockers is in there. Nick's in the backfield, a tailback, and here we go. Trubisky throws, and that's caught by Bradley Soul, lineman, eligible for the touchdown. And the Rams stay alive. They can another interception. Mukamara this time. Four picks. Bear defense. One for the books tonight. We gave the game ball to the city and to the fans, and that's what it's all about. Our players appreciate it. It was absolutely electrifying from the start to the finish. I mean, it was it was just powerful. Packers at bay. Rodgers. End zone throw, and it's intercepted. And it's Eddie Jackson who said it's personal after week one. Giving up the winning touchdown against Rodgers. What a turnaround for the Bears. And the monsters of the midway are back. Nagy, Trubisky, and this defense, the NFC North champs. Uh, they reign in Chicago as they defeat the Packers here today. We went through last year uh, not winning any division games. So I would like to say, you know, we came from the bottom. And we finally got to the top now. Bears at Vikings. Corner, Luka Mara in motion. The pass is caught for the two-point conversion. It's Kwiatkowski. They had a corner, Troy, and a linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski. Nagy in this offense. 
man. Impressive. A stifling defense. An exciting offense. The best Bears team in years. And now, it's playoff time. It's a lot of excitement. You know, again, I mean, this is what everybody works so hard for. You know, again, um, since day one we came in here, you know, we set our goals in our division to put us in this in this position right here. You have those aspirations at the beginning of the season. You you want to be in that hunt at the end of the day. It's about unfinished business. You got me? And we got we got bigger things, we got bigger goals. If that doesn't get you pumped up for the playoffs, I don't know what will. Hyped. And let's give the credit to Eric Ostrowski. He put that together. Uh, season recap for your 2018 Chicago Bears. More to come. The playoffs start today for the Bears. And really, if you look back on the season overall, it's been a magical year. It really has. And no one saw this coming. The great thing about seasons like this is when the expectations are just lower than you actually realize they can be. And all of a sudden, any expectations you had are thrown out the window and you completely recalibrate in the middle of the year because of how good they have been this season. It all started, obviously, with the hiring of Matt Nagy. But the on September 1st, the mm-hmm. trade for Khalil Mack mm-hmm. really set this season in motion. And it has been fabulous so far and hopefully a long way yet to go. Yeah, it changed all expectations. And the moment that was made, uh, the championship window was opened, and I think the Bears have lived up to the expectation throughout this season, and now they've got everything in front of them. They can play for a championship. It's fantastic. That is Chris Black. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Adam Abdallah. We will talk to a man who's played in a Woo-hoo. in a wild card game the last at one Soldier Field. The last time the Bears hosted a wild card game. Tom Waddle joins us next right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Eagles at Bears. It's the only story that matters today here in Chicago. Bears hosting the Eagles at Soldier Field. Kick at 340, meaning we are five hours and 38 minutes away, gentlemen. You, you shake your head like you're like, all right, with the countdown, enough. Well, no, no, five hours, but I mean, listen, it's been eight years. It's crazy the amount of time that's gone past since the last time the Bears were in the playoffs. Two and, presidential terms, Chris. Yeah, right, and as you said yesterday, you mm-hmm. could have gone through high school and college mm-hmm. and not seen the Bears play a playoff game, and it's just crazy to me as... As Abdallah and I talked about it yesterday, you look at when Lovey Smith was fired, the, the goal wasn't like, we didn't think that Lovey Smith was terrible. We just wanted more, right? Like, we're the charter franchise of the NFL. We want to be like the Steelers, the Patriots, the Packers. We want to be a team competing for championships. And who would have thought after Lovey Smith, things would have gotten so bad. So it's great to be here, and I'm glad we're only five hours away from our first playoff game in eight years. That voice you hear is Chris Bleck. I am Jeff Meller, along with Adam Abdallah. Can I take you guys back? December 29th, 1991. The last time there was a wild card game mm. at Soldier Field. Uh, you know who was going over the middle? He six. might not remember going over the middle, but you know who was going over the middle? Going Tommy. over the middle back in 1991 for Tommy? the Chicago Bears. One G. Thomas Waddle. Yes. Touchdown, Tommy Waddle. Yes. And who better to break down the Bears and the Eagles than one? touchdown Tommy Waddle. Let's do that. Let's uh, bring him in and let's uh, get his reaction to, or we'll start with, I guess, Tom, how uh, 
What's the feeling like as you head into a playoff game? How does it differ from a normal game that you were getting ready to play when you were entering your first game against the Cowboys? Oh, what was that? Uh, how many years ago now? Nine? A time. Yes, 27 <laughs> some all, years ago. First of all, before, before we even talk about that, Black, did you sell your tickets like Mallard did? No, I'm going. <laughs> Uh, okay, just checking. I'll make sure. How was Alex's <laughs> ski run, Mallard? Oh, at least did he win? Thanks for asking, win? Waddle. He placed uh, sixth amongst 58 racers, and uh, I guess he missed out meddling by two hundredths of a second. So, uh, wow. So, so what uh, will you take away from him then? <laughs> well, <meddle>? look, besides <laughs> his pride? Well, he, there's going to be no PlayStation this week, that's for sure. And obviously, if he wants to be the best, he's going to have to work harder. That's all. But there, uh, there you go. He Perfect. was racing with nine year olds, so he's an eight year old. So I was very proud. Great, great achievement. Oh, look at you. Good for you. Okay, uh, to answer your question, um, you know, I mean, it, it, there's there is a difference for sure. I mean, first of all, there's more pressure. The margin for error is significantly less because this is the epitome of, this is the pure definition of a must-win game. If you lose, you go home. You don't advance. So, um, you know, there is significant, you know, significant pressure with this that's not necessarily there in other games. But, you know, we've talked about this, all of us have, throughout the course of the last several weeks. This team's not phased by stuff like that. I don't think the stage ever gets too big or the lights get too bright for them. I think they're very well coached. They've got good leadership from a player's perspective. And, you know, they're very confident. They don't play arrogantly, but they play with a lot of confidence. And I think if they don't win today, guys, it's not going to be because, you know, the Eagles had all of the experience and the Bears didn't have enough of it. I think it'll be that, you know, the dominant defense, for whatever reason, wasn't as dominant as they've been in the regular season, and something else happens. I don't think it'll be because um, the moment was too big because it's a playoff game. Tom, when you look at the breaking news from late last night, the Bears PR uh, tweet out that Trey Burton was added to the injury report as questionable late last night with a groin injury. Do you have concern over the fact that Trey Burton may not play in today's game? Yeah, of course. I mean, what makes this offense so very difficult to defend is there's so many different options, and, and Trey Burton's one of those. And he, he's excellent in the red zone, and, you know, it, you can try to isolate him on cornerbacks, and, and you can do some matchup things with him that I'm not so sure you can do with, with Adam Shaheen or, or somebody else. So it's going to test the creativity of, of, of Matt Nagy if, in fact, Burton can't go, but... What I, I didn't I haven't I didn't follow it as closely. What what I mean, was this a walkthrough injury? Was this a dance party injury? What was going on here? It remains to be seen. JD was on earlier and he said Did he blame it was it on Foxy? Was he, said, yeah, he said he said you know, you know, it was a walkthrough wow. at John Fox's you know Alan house. Blamed Foxy. Yeah. Uh, no, he said it was a, a Saturday morning walkthrough injury, but we all know that they have that dance party at night. On Saturday night beforehand, this didn't come yeah, out till ten o'clock at night. I'm not saying; I'm just saying. Well, I mean, listen. When we used to do walkthroughs back in the Stone Ages, I mean, listen, we were still kind of we weren't didn't have any pads on, but we had helmets, and we called it a walkthrough. But there was still some running involved. I don't know if that's how they they go through walkthroughs anymore. So my my kind of I'm assuming that a, a walkthrough in 2000 now in 2019 is a hell of a lot different than it was back in 1991. So I'm thinking it's even more difficult to get hurt in a walkthrough these days than it was back in the day. I was diving for, for passes and walkthroughs back then, but 
you know, I was my ass cut every week. So, um, I, you know, you had to show up even for walkthroughs. I just, yeah, I guess, Chris, the, you know, long story short, this is, if he can't play, then this is, yeah, I think this is a huge, I, I feel the same way about Eddie Jackson. If Eddie Jackson is, is limited, then they're not at 100%. And one of the things that has benefited this team most this year has been the fact that they have been very, very healthy throughout the course of the season, minus a couple of games missed by Mack against the Jets and the Bills and Allen Robinson in a, com, uh, com, a comparable situation. If you were Matt Nagy, how would you attack the Eagles defense that secondary is a little bit bagged up, but whose front four has more pressures than any other team in the NFL this season? It, you know, Adam, we talked about that a lot this week, and it was the number one question for me is, is what I'm most interested in seeing in, as this game kind of progresses is how will Matt go after the Eagles? And, you know, at, immediately the first thing you want to say is, well, you obviously drop back in short against that secondary because they're playing with guys that most people, even analysts, don't know who they are because their their cornerback position has been decimated by injuries. So, you know, why wouldn't you match up Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller and if Trey Burton can go and others and 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 try to take advantage of the weakness of that Eagles defense? But as you mentioned, I mean, look, that front seven can get after you. If you come out and you try to air it out with a young quarterback who hasn't played in the postseason, you may open yourself up to a little more risk than, than what Matt has been willing to, to play with over the last three weeks of the regular season. So I think they're going to take a few shots. I think if you watch these, the last three games, what you've seen is they've taken downfield shots, but they've done it when Mitchell recognizes single high safety, so we're going to throw the nine route down the sideline. So really the only risk here is, is that the ball will be thrown out of bounds. Or if they throw the deep cross, they're going to throw it right to the sideline. We haven't seen a lot of the, the deeper balls thrown over the middle over the last three weeks. I think they've tried to eliminate some of the risk, riskier throws. I think you'll see a comparable plan. I think they'll try to match up Tariq Cohen in, in a mismatch with, with the Eagles linebackers. And I think, I think they will play – you know. I think they'll play it like we've seen it the last three weeks. I think they'll let their defense go out there and set the tone. They'll try to run the football. They'll, they'll do their, their short passing game. I'm not expecting Matt Nagy to cut Mitchell Trubisky loose in this one just because the Eagles' corners are guys you don't really know. That voice, of course, is Tom Waddle. If you listen to the station, you're very familiar with him. Heard every weekday, two to six with Sylvie. I got wine. I got wine voice today, though. So yes, it may be a little. It may be I, a was little gonna, I wasn't going to say. I was going to say. Were you in Club Dub yes. last night? Is that yes. what happened? No, it's not. No, there was no Club Dub. But, uh, but, but you know, I mean, I was I was busy celebrating life. Well, that's the best <laughs> way to do it, uh, Tom. So, to me, the most fascinating matchup of this game is the fact that Nagy goes up against Doug Peterson. These two guys know each other God knows how well because they spent so much time in meeting rooms together. I mean, maybe talk about that a little bit because I don't know if any... There's no good way to really know how it's going to unfold. We're just going to have to wait and see. But the truth is, I mean, how much time have they spent when you consider they were together in Philadelphia and Kansas City? I mean... There are there's your heart. I'm, I'm hard pressed to find two head coaches who would who could square off against each other and know each other as well well as these two probably know each other. Yeah, and I think that you know the, the thing, Jeff, that'll be. I, I think they probably Matt's sitting with Vic this week more than other weeks and saying, "Okay, this is what Doug likes to do." And conversely, 
Peterson sitting with Schwartz and saying, okay, Jim, this is what Matt likes to do. So, you know, I think that I don't think there'll be any true surprises. And, and, and don't forget, they practice against each other all day. That I mean, the, this Eagles offense versus this Eagles defense. Now it's one versus twos and twos versus ones, but you go all the way back to training camp. So, you know, they see a lot of the same schemes and practice the Eagles defense does that, that the Bears will bring to them because the Eagles virtually run the same the same plays. And I and again, as I was mentioning, I, I think, you know, Fangio's got he's got the same advantage because um you know, this Eagles offense he sees he's seen pretty much every day in practice because the Bears run run comparable plays there. So I think it's gonna be I felt the same way about the, the, the Bears Rams match. I thought as much as the on-field players matchups were really intriguing. I thought the, the the strategic approaches by the coaches was going to be cool. You had McVeigh, you had Wade Phillips, you had you had Nagy, you had Vic Fangio. How would they kind of play the chess game? I'm 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 very intrigued for the same reasons to see how this one uh, unfolds. But I guess I'm not expecting one team to kind of out trick the other because I think they know what is in each other's bag of tricks. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I don't think there'll be the element of surprise I don't think will be a determining factor today. Tom, when you take a look at the Eagles offense, is there one specific player that you're looking at that the Bears absolutely have to shut down for the Bears to be successful? I would say Zach Ertz is a big you know, is a big factor in the middle of the field. Roquan Smith has shown the ability to do some really good things in, in pass coverage. Uh, not having Bryce Callahan probably hurts them in this in this environment. Uh, I think Darren Sproles brings to the Eagles the same element that Tariq Cohen brings to the Bears. So that's a matchup to watch. I think I was watching the the ESPN uh, pregame show today, and I think Charles Woodson was talking about how since Sproles has been back, the Eagles average more yards per play with him in the offense than any other team, but the the Chiefs. So when Darren Sproles is a big part of what they're doing, they're significantly more successful than when he's not available. So I, I would look at I'd look at Sproles and I'd look at, at Zach Ertz and say those are the two guys that may quietly well not Ertz. Ertz isn't going to quietly beat you, but those are two guys I'd highlight. But you know, they they present some challenges. If they can block up this Bears front seven, you know, Alshon can make some some you know big body catches on the sideline. Golden Tate's a very good third down receiver. Aguilar is is an underrated um, speed guy. So, um, but if I highlighted two guys, it'd probably be Ertz first and Darren Sproles second. Tom, it's windy out there. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've been outside. I just I don't know walked if the dog and I was didn't say. think it was windy at all. Adam. Well, you're up. You're up north. You're not by the lake. Yeah, we're, we're down true. by the lake, Yeah, Tom. we're down there's here. Yeah, down we're down here, here in the Windy Street. City. Yeah, there's stuff we're going on. We're not in the palatial northern suburbs, okay? okay. We're down in the city. Oh, that's fair. That's uh, how fair. concerned are you about the wind for Mitchell Trubisky passing and for Cody Parkey kicking? Well, it, it is. I always felt that wind was the most it was the most difficult element to have to deal with. And for those reasons, I mean, for me, uh, catching the ball was... It was tough, but it was more tough on the. It was tougher on the quarterback, and it was the kicker. So, no doubt, it's an issue. Um, I can't imagine today it's going to be that windy so that they can't run their normal offense. Fifteen to twenty Maybe miles you, an hour, Tommy. Yeah, that's. I mean, is it gusting or is it going to be constant? Gusty. 
Well, I think then when the wind's at your back and it's it's maybe you become more aggressive. If the wind is in your face, maybe you come become less aggressive. Uh, listen, this is part of part of bear weather, my friend. You have to be able to oh, deal don't, with. You yeah. don't, yeah. You yeah. don't yeah. even bear believe weather. in that narrative. Get out of here. Boy, you stop. Get Tom Blade out, out there. He knows he bear weather. He's, out of he's here. pandering. He he's pandering. I, he I doesn't just, believe I in just, that. I was just <laughs> I was just doing that to, to rile you guys up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's an element for sure. It's something that you have to deal with. And and look, I think it not to it's it's not a joking matter. If you're kicking into the wind or there's a gusty left or right wind, and you're trying to set up Cody Parkey uh, for a, a 48 or a 51 yard field goal, you may think twice about it, and you may end up going for it on fourth down. So there's no question. The wind, more than rain, and more than than temperature. Is has a huge impact on on how you go about doing things. So if it is as windy as you say down there, uh, Tracy Butler, then I will suggest to you it could be a it could be a factor. And a happy belated Tracy Butler Day to you as well. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry for not acknowledging that when I mentioned her name. Uh, um, all right. So before I move to a little bit of a reaction to last night's games, do you guys want to? Uh hit uh, Waddle with any more Bears-related questions. I could, I could talk Bears with Waddle I know you day. could. Is there something you need to ask him about Bears-Eagles today? Uh, I mean, Before I, I shift topics like, and like, move uh, into... Uh, well, just be careful because I was at dinner with friends last yeah, night. Yeah, he, he had a wine night last night. Second half so. of the Cowboy... Seahawks game. So I've seen the highlights, but I, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't tracking the game play for play for play. Okay. I did, I was setting, standing at the bar before we sat down for dinner and fortunately, I wasn't looking directly at the television when Alan Hearns' foot oh, ankle yeah. went the wrong you know, direction. All I heard was like a chorus of oohs. Well, and Joe Buck dropped a good lord as they went to commercial break. Oh, that yeah. was uh, that's how you know it's bad. Okay, one last Bears question. Yeah, okay, yeah, I want to do that before we shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you take a look at the Bears front four, Tom, who do you think will have the biggest impact on today's game? Would it be Khalil Mack? Or do you think the Eagles will do a good job chipping him and, and worrying about Mac? That will be Akeem Hicks. Uh, so who will fill the stat sheet more? Well, is I mean, who will impact the game more, I, I guess, well, is a better I think, way to say I it. think by the very nature, if they're chipping and they're double and tripling uh, Mac and, and freeing up Hicks, I, I think by that very definition, it, it's Mac. I think however you look at it, whether they single block him and he gets to the quarterback and, and or they double block him and he gets to the quarterback – or they take him out of the game, but they have to use two or three guys, which opens up the opportunities for Akeem Hicks. I, I would always go with Mac, um, and that's no disrespect meant to, to Akeem Hicks, but um, the presence of Mac out there and the way that an opponent's game plans to try to neutralize him has huge influence on whether or not Akeem Hicks is going to have himself a day. So I would say Mac, regardless whether he fills the stat sheet. Or they take him out of the game. That's what I would do. I mean, I, I would. I've said it all year long. I, I, there's no way I'd ever single block him, and I'd speed up the tempo and I'd make them breathe heavy, and and I would force them to beat me with someone not named Khalil Mack. That's what I would do. I think that's probably a good strategy, but we will see what the Eagles choose Nobody to do. Nobody employs it. I mean, everyone thinks that. You know, I got Jason Peter over here. I got Lane Johnson over here. I'm just going to single block Khalil Mack, and we're going to sit back here, and we're going to—they're going to knock our teeth out. I mean, that's—I I don't get it. Some of these great offensive minds, and I'm not saying there's a good answer for how you go about trying to move the ball against them because it's—it's really—it's a monumental task. But 
nothing has worked. If you come into that building and you don't have a plan for trying to slow down Mac, they're going to steal your football manhood from you early, and it won't go well for you. And you've been on that point all year, Waddle. What's, I, I've been reading a lot of breakdowns, and a lot of people seem to believe that uh, the Eagles may leave Lane Johnson yeah. isolated quite a bit. Wow against wow. Khalil Mack, which I think if you're a Bears fan, you're just licking yeah. your chops at that possibility. Well, well the, I, I read something yesterday in a Philly paper that part of the reason why they may do that is because against the Raiders last year, they were successful leaving uh, yeah, Lane Johnson, Johnson on, on an island by himself. So, well, But I would say this to you guys. The Raiders yes. don't have Hicks, For don't sure. have Eddie Goldman, don't have Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Well, they had Bruce Irvin at the time, but you can do that if you don't have to worry as much as you have to with this Bears team with the other guy. And Tom, you make a great point that you've made all seasons. Why don't you speed up the tempo against these guys? Uh-huh. And I think I that's also why we saw, remember throughout all most of the season, the Bears were giving up a lot of points in the fourth quarter. It's also yeah. because offenses were sped up in the fourth quarter, which hurts the defense. And I don't get why teams don't do that from the start. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and listen, I think the, you know, I asked Tony Dungy that and, and you know, I, I don't think First of all, I don't really remember what Tony said. I think I think we kind of talked about it a little bit, but he, I think Tony said you, you should mix it up a little bit. But look, some of what like the Vikings did when they played here in Chicago, they did in quote unquote garbage time. But you saw what Adam Gase did to this to the defense, and, and the heat and the temperature was an element, so they wanted to get the Bears tired. I understand that this defense is the best defense in the league, and you're probably going to go three and out quite a bit doing that. So you're going to ask a lot of your defense. If you're constantly going up-tempo and you go three and out, you may be off the field in less than a minute. I get it. But by the third end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, your hope is, is that you've in some way, shape, or form, you've affected that bear defense. You've tired them to the point that maybe you can make some plays on them in the fourth quarter. I don't know what Doug Peterson will do. I find it really difficult to believe that he doesn't have some sort of creative plan to attack this Bears defense and try to get something done. Will he be able to do it? I don't know. But you've got a veteran quarterback who gets the ball out quick. Uh, you've got some underrated weapons on the edge. You've got, you know, you've got Darren Sproles, and you've got a veteran offensive line, albeit one that has played its better football earlier in their careers, but they've, and they've given up 40 sacks this year. You can't tell me that Doug Peterson's going to come in here and do what Sean McVay did, which was just say, we're going to match up ours with yours, and we'll see who the best man is. You're going to lose that. You're going to lose that matchup. So I'll be shocked if they just come out of the huddle and, you know, they go toe for toe, and they just think that, you know, because we're the defending Super Bowl champs, we're not going to change our game plan. I'd be shocked if that happened. I know you like the Bears uh, to cover. I'll wait for your text message later to uh, find out where the uh, couch change you made yesterday on the Colts will go. So I'm not betting this game. I would never bet this game. What? I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't bet it. Is it because of Trey Burton? Because you were all high and mighty about no. it. No, 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 no. I, 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 my love was the Colts, as you know. My like was the Bears. I just Listen, I'm not going to put my money down on a, uh, against a team that comes in as the defending Super Bowl champs that's won three in a row and won five of the last six to get there. I respect them too much. I don't fear them. I stand by my prediction, but I'm not putting my money on it. There's a difference between predicting a cover and actually putting your money down on that. 
I ain't doing it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all right. So as but we, I am very, I mean, I'm confident. I'm very confident of it, but I'm just not. This one, I, you know what? You keep, I keep my money in my pocket for Bears postseason football. As we uh, get ready to let you go here, Wads, what's uh, from yesterday's game, whether it's the second half highlights that you caught in the Cowboys beating of the Seahawks or your money-making opportunity with the Colts mm-hmm. over the Texans yesterday, uh, perhaps, what stood out to you from yesterday's games? Perhaps it was a, uh, a, a less-than-motivational speech from Jim Mercy in the locker room to his victorious yeah, Colts. Awesome. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I would say, listen, we've talked about this. The Colts are a good football team that has flown under the radar for whatever reason. They won nine of their last ten games to get into the postseason. It's not just uh, Andrew Luck, you know, slicing and dicing defenses. They're balanced. They can run it well with Mac. Defensively, they're much better than they've been in years. They protect Andrew Luck. That's a good football team in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis right now, and they got a little something going. Um, Look, the Cowboys play excellent defense, and when they stay committed to giving the ball to, to, to Elliott and focusing on winning the battle at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football and they don't try to get too cute, they're tough out, especially in their building. I thought that, thought that what I saw, Prescott played a good, complete, efficient, clean game. And conversely, to go back to the Colts game, I was disappointed in what I saw from Deshaun Watson, who I think a lot of, but he missed a lot of open throws. When you have to run as much as he has to run, both as, as a viable threat and because your offensive line stinks, it's hard to be an accurate quarterback when you're constantly breathing heavy because of how much you have to do. Now, it sounds, I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. He was wildly inaccurate at times. they got some work to do to, to you know, secure their pocket. So I thought uh, luck was great. The Colts are, are on a heater. Watson's got to be better if they're going to get to the top of the mountain. And the Cowboys, you know, if they, if they beat you at the line of scrimmage and they take care of the football, they're a tough out. And how about that drop kick to close out the game by my boy Michael Dixon? So stupid, Meller. What are you doing? Oh, that was the dumbest, that was the dumbest that was onside bad. kick I've ever seen in that my life. That was bad. I I'm not, onside dude, kick I'm better not, than that. There's no re- I'm not going to defend him. Okay. It was awful. Like, and the weird thing was... We saw it firsthand on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Michael Dixon actually can do a drop kick, onside kick. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell they were doing. I don't know. And listen, I saw you and Pat Boyle going after each other on our text chain. I agree with whoever said it. Look, you're a punter and a kicker. I'm yeah. not going to belittle your jobs. They're very important. There's a lot of downtime there. So, if, listen, you have to know at some point Sebastian Janikowski may find himself incapacitated. So I don't know why there wasn't more. It didn't look like they had practiced anything. It, so. it, yeah, it's baffling like a backup punter. You feel like they should be able to make a 35-yarder. Yeah. That should be yeah. like, you know what? Hey, worst comes to worst, you are you need to hit an extra point as a backup. Uh, look, I think you can drop kick. Yeah. Don't you, can't you score yeah. with a drop yeah, kick? You can, yeah. yeah. Doug Flutie's the That's last guy to do it, I think, actually, for the yeah, Patriots. on an extra point for Buffalo. Yeah. All right, Wads, uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, we'll be watching your breakdown on ABC7 after the game. Yes, you No, you won't, but that's cool. Thanks for the promotion. Tom, no, no, we will be because it's not, uh, there's no game going on afterwards. Yeah, we'll, so be, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be locked in. Yeah, you should watch it. You guys won't. Uh, but, we will. Uh, I we appreciate will, the promotion. All right. All right, bud. See you tomorrow. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, Tom. Bye.
Tom Waddle heard every day here at uh, on ESPN 1000, 2 to 6 with Waddle and Sylvie. I mean, if you're a kicker, it's kicking, right? Yeah, learn how to kick, bro. Dude, punting or field look, goal you have, or you kickoffs. Have, like, you I, I thought three it was jobs. Ridic- you, like, it, what, what's ridiculous is the kickoff, too. He did the drop kick yeah. and it, like, yeah, well, they, they, they caught it at the 30, they, right? He, like, he, w- he was trying to do a pooch punt where, they, where his own team might be able to run like, under, but he just. No, no, I'm talking like earlier in the oh, game. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it, isn't mm-hmm. it all just kicking? Like, if you're a kicker, Why can't you it, kick it's, off a tee. It's the same motion, no? Isn't tee ball rate easier than baseball? It's the same motion, right? That's a motion, right? Well, you that's a kick off. Not like you can't kick well, off like that. Well, that's a soccer kick, but that yeah, there, there you go. That's straight, so- but yeah. like that, it's kicking. I didn't like. What? No, I'm, dude, I, like it is, is a little soccer kick. That was a soccer There's kick. You no get better d- aim if you kick with the side of your foot. Look, if I didn't expect him to go in and you know start knocking down 45, 48 yarders, but I, like like it should be in play. This is why they should eliminate kicking altogether. No, this is why uh, Pete Carroll shouldn't be kicking trying, it out from the twenty five. Well, this is why Pete Carroll shouldn't be trying fifty two yard field goals with Sebastian That's why kickers Janikowski. are not people. You're you gonna pull something. You know what happens uh, when you lose your kicker? All of a sudden, the uh, three points that you're laying. It's very dangerous out there. Well, you know, maybe uh, the Bears should employ this uh, this idea of not using a kicker today. All right. Well, let's uh, kick. let's right. find out the two. latest on the NFL Lions in today's game from Colin Wilson of the Action Network. He joins us next, right here on ESPN One Thousand. Get out of here, Parky. See Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. Chicago's game day right here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller alongside Adam Abdallah and Chris Black, taking you up to, well, we'll be taking you up till noon, but then taking over for us after that. Fred Hubner, Steve Mongo, McMichael, as they preview Bears and Eagles, which kicks off at 3.40 local time today. So we are all Bears and Eagles for you if you want to give us a call, 312-332-3776. But... It's not just about Bears and Eagles. It's also about making money, gentlemen. Absolutely. And you got two games today, so you have uh, two spreads to play and two over-unders to look at today. So it's fantastic. It's a, another day of football, another day of gambling. And maybe you made a little bit of cash on the Colts, and maybe you were a little disappointed to push last night's Cowboys-Seahawks game. Or maybe you were thrilled to get that late push as the Cowboys mismanaged the clock, I like the push. I was fine with it because I had you had the Seahawks. I had no. I had the. I had the. Uh, yeah, I had the Seahawks, and I was like, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a gift. If you were a Seahawks without Janikowski in play in the second half, uh, even though you were getting two, uh, or maybe maybe you were just fortunate enough to get two and a half, and you, you you got yourself a win. Well, a man who knows a thing or two about the action, Colin Wilson. You can read him on the Athletic. You can check him out in the Action Network. He's joining us now, and uh, Colin. Good morning. Welcome to Chicago. Uh, let us know uh, what's uh, what's uh, the latest movement on the lines in today's game. Good morning, guys. Uh, we have uh, some money coming in, I would say, on Baltimore because I'm watching the screen light up like a Christmas tree. We got two and a half disappearing, going to three on the side for Baltimore. Um, as far as the Bears and Eagles game, the, the over continues to take more of the money. I mean, the ticket size is really about 50-50, but more money is coming in on the over, and it's not really budging off of 41 and a half. Uh, but this, this Baltimore game is just overloaded with Chargers money. Uh, there's, there's, uh, 
75% of the tickets have been written on the Chargers, and 75% of the money is being reported to be on the Chargers. So it looks like the books are going to be big Ravens fans today. So if you take a look at that first game and the money going on the Chargers, is that because most people are doubting the abilities of Lamar Jackson as quarterback for the Ravens, or is there something else that we're missing? Generally, public betters are people, you know, they like to bet what they last saw. So we just saw this game a couple of weeks ago, and in that game, Baltimore was able to pull it out. And I think that's, the, you know, I think they think that can't happen again, that, they, you know, that the, they've seen Lamar Jackson before. They don't believe that he can do it again. Uh, I think there's some money coming in on the fact that Hunter Henry, uh, which I have to give a shout-out to because I graduated from Arkansas, uh, I have to give Hunter Henry is coming back to play tight end. And the way that you beat Baltimore is with your tight ends. And Antonio Gates... You know, he was just a fumble away from probably turning that game around. And, and, and the Chargers, you never know, they could have been hosting a game uh, instead of going to Baltimore. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the last thing people remember. And they said, well, the Chargers had it there at the very end until Antonio Gates uh, fumbled the ball. So they're going to get it this time. I think that's the general thinking. As far as the over-under is concerned right now, it opened at 42. It's up to 43. There's some wind. There's some. Uh, there's no really precipitation in the area. But there is some wind, and these two teams are – uh, traditionally slower-paced teams. How do you see the over/under? Yeah, I don't see how you can take an over forty-three. Uh, I say that, but I, it's just the number of possessions in this game. Neither of these teams are looking to get up to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball uh, anytime until the play clock gets down to one. I mean, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. This is uh, one of the highest rates rush rates uh, of any downs. They're always running the ball. The Ravens just have very long drives. Uh, we, some of us at the Action Network, actually compare it to Army football. They like to have 14 play drives that go for 75 yards, and they could eat an entire quarter on you. Same thing with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers wants to line all his wide receivers up. He wants to wait until the last second on the clock to, and, and see what the defense is presenting him before he, he you know, takes the snap and throws the ball. Uh, so these are two teams that run at a really slow pace, so I don't see how you can get any money on the over here. Colin Wilson of the Action Network joining us right here on ESPN 1000. Colin, the Bears were the heaviest favorite coming into the weekend. Curious as to which way you're leaning as uh, I have to imagine uh, the points are appealing if you are an unbiased uh, objector here. They are. I I had a hard time going against the Eagles in every single playoff game last year, so I'm kind of snake bit when it comes to betting against the Eagles. I do like the Bears here. I think the defense, you know, the defense, of course, is incredible. Uh, You know, Nagy's figured out how to call a game for Trubisky. Uh, You know, he knows exactly what he can do and what he can't do. Um, And, you know, I think Philadelphia, my game and my pick in this, and I'm sorry, my play, uh, is actually over in the first half. And the reason is because I think Philadelphia, they're, they're not just going to line up in a certain set and just run the ball straight at you ever. They're going to have to run some sort of trick play. They're going to have to move the pocket around to hide, uh, you know, Foles, you know, throwing inability. Uh, they're going to have to do things that are a little bit, uh, you know, scheme-wise, just a little bit different. Because if you just line up in a set and you don't go in motion and you don't try to disguise anything, the Chicago defense will completely tear you apart. Uh, so my thinking is that Philly's going to come out and try to do some crazy things as far as, you know, halfback passes or moving the pocket to the left and to the right to get Foles on the run. Uh, so there could be some points early in this because I don't think Philadelphia wants to play from behind, right? If they just line up and try to run the ball and just try to play a straightforward offense, uh, the Bears will be up by 14 pretty quick. 
So I'm taking a look at the early lines for like the first quarter and the first half. And right now for the first half, the Eagles are getting three and a half. And in the first quarter, they're getting a half a point. How would you play early in the game? If you think there's going to be a lot of points, would that suggest that you go with the Eagles early, even though you may like the Bears late for the game overall? I don't think there's any possible scenario where Philadelphia is able to come back in the second half. I think the bag of tricks are going to come out in the first quarter. So if you're going to bet the Eagles, I would go with the first quarter. But, you know, once they run their 15 scripted plays that they've probably got set up just for this Bears defense, after that it's going to be, uh, you know, try to go with what works because this Chicago defense is is pretty tremendous. And I think it's going to be, you know, like I said, the first couple few plays and drives are going to be scripted and whatever works and whoever they can pick on is what they're going to try to do. So I would definitely go look early for the Eagles. Uh, the number has taken a lot of a lot of sharp money. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the big money has been on Chicago. That's why we've had the rise in the point spread. Uh, so I think that you know that's real money. I think Chicago absolutely could cover the six and a half, but early on in the game, Philadelphia is going to give it everything they got. Uh, as far as live betting is concerned, the Bears are, are defense are last in yards allowed per play in the fourth quarter and about 27th or 26th in uh, points allowed per game in the fourth quarter. Is that something you look at if the Bears are up big going into the fourth quarter? Yeah, there's there's a few teams that, that behave like this, and I, and I know that the national championship is coming up on Monday night, but there are teams that start off slow. And there are teams that finish fast, uh, and they just have a different flow to them. I mean, for example, in the national championship, one of my plays is Alabama in the first quarter. Why? Because they blow everybody out in the first quarter. They've covered almost every first half this season. Uh, and they are typically a team where Tua comes out slinging, and they're up by 21 or up by 14 immediately. As were Clemson, they didn't score on their first drive in nine of their 14 games this year. It usually takes a few drives in before Clemson is 100% efficient and 100% explosive. So when you get these matchups, say with the Bears or, or Bama or Clemson, and you can exploit that, then your live betting becomes, it's just a script. You just figure out who, you know, who, who kicked off, who deferred, who's getting the ball in the second half because, you know, there's that whole Belichick thing with the Pats. He always wants the ball in the second half meaning you should always live bet the Patriots before their last possession in the second quarter because they're going to get two opportunities to score. So just write your script up on and when, when the kickoff happens and, and the live betting becomes pretty, pretty robotic. Colin Wilson of the Action Network just referenced the college football playoff national championship that will be taking place tomorrow at Levi Stadium. Of course, Clemson and Alabama. And even if you're more of a casual college fan and knee-deep in NFL action, the, look, the national championship is going to bring even the casual better out for this one. So how did that game open, and what has the uh, smart money been been going after uh, between Alabama and Clemson tomorrow night? There were a couple offshores that immediately put out uh, Alabama minus nine. That evaporated quickly, went to Alabama minus seven. This thing within 24 hours took plenty of Clemson money and came all the way down to five. There's a couple shops out here in Vegas right now that are posting four and a half. Uh, and then there's another shop that's posting a six. So you can get it anywhere in, in kind of between the dead numbers out here. Uh, most of the money, take look at this, uh, we're actually 50% on each side of uh, as far as the money that's been wagered. Uh, it's pretty even, 50-50, uh, with more of the ticket numbers coming in on Alabama. I really think that... Uh, you know, and I've heard a couple bookmakers speak out here about what they need. They're all just a little bit different because some places are seeing heavy action as the wrapping up Alabama into, you know, say the Bears uh, parlay money. They're, it's kind of like having a Sunday night football 
uh, chaser game where if you're down, you're going to go chase another game and, and bet on that. And people are wrapping up Alabama money line into all these NFL games this weekend. And that's going to be a big thing for the house where they're probably going to need Clemson to uh, not cover, uh, but they need Alabama to win or, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a different story out of every book there. I'm starting to see right now, but I think the, the reason why we see the point spread as high as it is, is because there's a lot of people that are using that in teasers uh, with the NFL in, con- in conjunction with the NFL. Colin, I have a question about maybe uh, for someone who's the casual better, maybe new to gambling overall. When you take a look at all the matchups of different games, is there a stat or stats that you look at specifically that kind of tip you off to the which way you're going to lean that maybe traditional media uh, and TV and everyone on radio doesn't actually talk about? Something that you kind of always look for when trying to figure out who's going to be the better team on Sunday or, or Monday night whenever you figure it out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for NFL, it's different for NFL than it is for college. So with the NFL, I look heavy into uh, third down conversion percentage. That's a big part of the success rate that you have for your team. Uh, and also I look at uh, efficiencies uh, for offenses and defenses and adjusted sack rate for your offensive line and for your defensive line. If you're a Seattle that's ranking 30th in your offensive line for adjusted sack rate, you're going to get eaten up by a team. And if Russell Wilson's on the run all day, you're going to get a game like what we had last night. Um, but, you know, in college, it's completely different. Uh, you know, the, it's not so much uh, looking at third down conversion percentages. It's really looking at explosive plays and looking at efficiencies. Uh, you know, cause, because explosive play in the NFL, you don't see 80-yard bombs. You don't see 75-yard bombs. You don't see, you know, scores can just go up so fast, especially in Big 12 football. Uh, you know, explosive play is, is such a big thing in the college football world that if a team can exploit another with a certain aspect or a certain corner they can pick on or a safety they can pick on, uh, they're going to do it. So when you kind of put those pieces of the teams together like, like a puzzle, if one team can uh, expose the other in chunk yardage on the ground or through the air, that's a big advantage, and it goes into the handicap and usually makes a determination on what side I'm on. That is Colin Wilson of the Action Network. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at underscore Colin1. That's two L's, so that's at underscore C-O-L-L-I-N-1. Colin, we appreciate the insight. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks a lot, guys. That, again, is Colin Wilson of the Action Network letting you know all the latest on uh, the lines around... NFL and college football. So Colin likes to look at the uh, third down conversion percentage. So if you look at the Bears offense, they're 11th this year, 41% of the time in third down conversion percentage. The Eagles offense is 12th in third down conversion percentage, 41% as well. On defense, the Bears are 4th in opponent third down conversion percentage. And the Eagles defense is 6th. So two teams, offense and defensively. Mm-hmm. Similar. So I don't see a big difference in that stat between the two teams. Well, I'm looking at two stats for the over-under in the Bears game. The Bears and Eagles are two of the slowest teams in pace. They're 27th and 30th as far as pace. They both like to control the clock, use a lot of the clock. We know Matt Nagy likes to use a lot of motion before the play. That eats up a lot of time on the clock. And since 2003, games with double-digit Breezes. I've talked a lot about weather today. Yeah, have what, gone you under, this weather thing. Have gone under the total 56% of the time. It's interesting. Uh, to match your uh, time of possession, uh, you have the Bears who are third in time of possession in the NFL. The Eagles are second. Mm-hmm. So you, what you kind of think about heading into this matchup is you're going to have a lot of sustained drives. And if a team cannot 
do so, then you're going to see the other team have a lot of success today, whether it be the Eagles or the Bears. Because both of these teams, the Eagles second in the NFL in time of possession, and their running game isn't great, right? Like no. it's, it's the same concept. It's short passes, yeah. moving the chains, eating mm-hmm. up a lot of clock, and the Bears are third. And one stat for the uh, early game, I know it's uh, the Chargers playing in Baltimore, so a lot of people are like, oh, breakfast football, they're not going to... They're not going to be awake body yet clock. because body clock, body clock. Uh, in the last 10 years, Pacific time zone teams are 3-3 three and three straight up and 5-1 and one against the spread in the, those uh, those early games. In those situations? In those situations, yeah. So, so uh, take that into account before you, just, before you just listen to the narrative yeah. about the yeah. Chargers, Chargers heading, heading east to take on the Ravens. Uh, that is Adam Abdallah. I am Jeff Meller along with Chris Black. This is Chicago's NFL game day getting you set for Bears and Eagles taking place at 340 on the lakefront. And if you're headed to the game, the Bears want you to do something. And if you're unaware, Matt Nagy will tell about tell huh. you about it next huh. right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. <laughs> All right, this is Chicago's Game Day. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black. If you're heading to the game, the Bears want you to make second down noise. They want you to make third down noise. They want you to be loud. They also want you to yell boom when the Bears kick the ball off. Chase Daniel has sent out the challenge to Bears fans to go ahead and as... Cody Parkey approaches the kickoff. Go ahead and yell boom in unison to get the defense going. And Matt Nagy was asked about the concept at his Friday press conference. I don't know if you saw this, um, but Chase had an idea on Twitter to have the whole stadium do your boom. <laughs> Chase. <laughs> right at the start boom. Of the game. <laughs> Is he going to lead it? I don't know. It's caught a little bit of fire. On it time. has? Just curious what you think about that since it's your celebration. Well, I don't know. I mean, that might be it. Might be pretty cool, I guess. Uh, when are you going to do it? Yeah, I think the idea was right at the start of the game. Oh, oh. I'm not in charge of it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know who the person is going to synchronize all those people. Uh, but I'm sure it can be done. Uh, the, no, it's it's uh, again that just happened organically. That was not. I don't. I think it was the. Detroit game on Thanksgiving, if I, my memory serves me right, but it's just so it's kind of called fire. Now we do it. Now they're asking me for it, so I got to do it, and now I'm starting to kind of have fun with it. All right, gentlemen, you will be at today's game. Will you boom? Will I be booming? Will you boom when the kickoff is ready to go? Sure. Yeah, I'll boom. All right, I'm just asking. <laughs> Listen, I'm all for I'm all for fun. I'm all for second down noise and third down noise and. If you tr- don't 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 even try to go for it on fourth down because the noise you won't be able to handle it. Well, I mean, you'll be, be yelled at if you if you don't part- partake. So, well, yeah. yeah. Listen, it's it, you, it when everybody's wearing gloves, it's you don't you can't take your gloves off. It's not, it's not you cold clap. enough for that. Are you, dude? It's gonna be thirty-five degrees outside. It's Grow not up. glove weather. Yeah, Grow up, Abdallah. You realize that the sun is gonna go Suck down during the this sun is, the is going down during the. This is the playoffs. Have you not I, seen the commercials? It doesn't sure. mean I can't be warm. Are you not ready? Should I give his ticket away? I think no, he should. I you should. Won- you know what? You yeah. should invite the Packers fan. Yeah. Should we revoke oh. Abdallah's ticket because he's being soft and he's afraid of bare weather? I first of all, I think we should revoke your ticket. Can't I think I you're be, done. I think it's out. I be, you're out. You're why out. Why can't Abdallah. I be well prepared for weather? You better boom. 
Are the I Bears, guarantee if, you you'll if, be wearing gloves. If the Bears lose. I guarantee you will be wearing gloves. If the Bears lose and you do not boom, this this game is on you. I'm going to boom. Forget Cody Parkey missing. But I know Softy McSofterton over here is going to be wearing gloves. I, I guess my question about the boom at kickoff is like, it. yeah, that's cool, but shouldn't it be like during the game? Boom! Like if yeah, anything, you're going to scare Cody Parkey. Right, nice. like he better not kick it out of bounds. He scares, I, he scares easy. So yeah, like like uh, it's fine. Has, dude. Yeah, ha, go for have it. they been simulating Boom at Soldier Field Cody Parkey approaching the kick and as he kicks the ball? Boom! I hope they have because uh, things go awry quickly if they <laughs> have not. This is Chicago's game day. <laughs> Alex Brown up next on ESPN One Thousand. Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. This is gravy. In the big picture, it's gravy. Now, we know when you have a chance to go get it, you go get it. You know that you're three wins from the Super Bowl, and they can win games against these teams. We know all that. But just just pull yourself out of the small little cocoon of matchups with the Eagles and all this stuff to remember, this wasn't supposed to be this year. And it's been a great year. Of the 16 games this year, there's not one game the Bears have been out of. Not one. You guys know as well as anybody, you've got a couple of overtime games. You've got a game that winds up on the one-yard line with Kevin White, you know, just shy of the, of the goal line. Otherwise, that one probably goes into overtime. So very rarely will you see a team go through a 16-game schedule and not have at least one game where they're out of it. They were so pumped up, and Mitch was telling me about how um, he just was really liking Coach Nagy and what he had brought to the table and how Coach had confidence in him. So I, I, I couldn't wait to see it all play out, and this season has been amazing. It has been tremendous. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. This is Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Of course, all those notable voices you heard will be on NBC's coverage of the Bears and Eagles today. Kickoff at 3.40, Tony Dungy, Al Michaels, and Mike Tirico all joined Waddle and Sylvie this week and gave you their thoughts on the divisional game, that uh, the wild card game that will be taking place at Soldier Field today at 3.40 and live on NBC. Yeah, and when we take a look at this matchup, really what it boils down to me is uh, both defenses I, I think are going to be pretty good today. Both offenses are going to try and control the time of possession. And it will come down to Mitch Trubisky executing on third down, moving the chains. Don't make mistakes, and that's not a knock. It's be efficient, play your game. Matt Nagy will put you in good position. He will protect you. He will make things safe execute the game plan. I think the Bears win today. The biggest discrepancy, if you go by DVOA, is the defenses. They're pretty evenly matched on offense, but the Bears obviously come in to this game with the number one defense in the NFL. The Eagles right now have the 15th best defense in the NFL. So that's going to be where Matt Nagy can kind of take advantage. But like we've been talking about for the last few hours, no teams know each other better than these two teams. They're basically mirror images of each other. Matt Nagy knows Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson knows Matt Nagy. They have better players on defense, but this front seven can get to the quarterback for the Eagles. They can make Mitchell Trubisky uncomfortable. So it's going to be a matter of who kind of adjusts to the pressure, the adjustments that you make, and who kind of comes out on top here based on what 
they can come up with that they haven't seen yet, that each coach hasn't seen each other do yet. That's kind of where the difference is going to be made. Former Chicago Bears defensive end Alex Brown will be joining us in about five minutes from now. I also want to play for you Tony Dungy giving advice to Mitchell Trubisky, what his advice would be before his first playoff game. But before we do that, I do want to react to Mike Tirico talking about in that soundbite we heard coming into the segment, the this season or at this point, this game, anything else is gravy. And I completely understand what he's saying. And I do, on one hand, agree. But I also, all you need to do is look at a team like the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars last year, who were probably saying to themselves, the birth in the AFC championship game, that was gravy. That was not expected. Their defense was was young, up and coming, and was going to be elite for a long time. And they were, all they needed to do was get a little bit better quarterback play, and they were going to be in the Super Bowl. And clearly, that was not the case this season. And so, even though it was unexpected, this ride that we've had during this Bears season has been unexpected, and it has been great. The truth is, there's no guarantee next year, especially with a schedule that Look, it's going to be a tough schedule this year. Even if things, even if teams don't play out exactly the way they do uh, this year, that schedule is going to be daunting. There's going to be teams on the on there that are going to be. It's going to be more difficult to win 12 games next season, and you need to take advantage of this unforeseen opportunity. Yeah, I I disagree with the thought that this is all gravy and whatever happens. Oh, it was a great year to this point. No, the championship window is open now. The reason being is you have a quarterback on his rookie contract. And those teams, the teams in the NFL that have good teams around a quarterback who's on his rookie contract allow you the maximized uh, ability to take care of the cap space to make a championship run. Now, getting that quarterback who is on his rookie deal to play at a decent enough level to win a Super Bowl is a whole different question. But I think right now, the way Bears fans should view this is tomorrow's not guaranteed. And what you have in front of you is a championship opportunity that you should take advantage of. And I get it. It's been a fun year. I'm not saying don't enjoy what you've seen to this point. But don't also don't look at it and say, oh, well, it'll be, they'll get better next year. That's yes. not how the NFL no. works. Mm-mm. Ask Jacksonville how that worked. Minnesota. It did I mean, look at a team like San Francisco. Coming into the season, everyone expected them to be a playoff team, and they weren't because their quarterback got injured early. So, you know, anything can happen in the NFL when you're there. You make it into the dance, make the most of it, and your quarterback is on his rookie contract because at some point, if the Bears sign him long-term, you're going to be dedicating 25 to 30% of your cap space to one player who may not be good enough to fill all the other holes your roster will have when right now you're spending on defense and weapons to help Trubisky. And Matt Nagy talked about it earlier this week. He talked about how lucky they've been to be to be one of the healthiest teams going into this weekend. You look at the Bears' uh, injured reserve list from the last two years. They've been decimated by injuries. You're not guaranteed to be this healthy this late in the season. And so next year, you come into a division where, yeah, the Bears won the division this year, but next year, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a new offensive-minded head coach. The Minnesota Vikings are still going to have a good defense, and they could be back. This is a luxury right now. And I'm not saying that, oh, well, they'll just this is all gravy, like Mike Tirico said. You have to take advantage of this now. This is 
a, a an opportunity that you may not be afforded next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to win these games next year. It's going to be much tougher. With, with You still have one of the toughest divisions in football that you're going to have to go through, plus a first-place schedule that you're going to have to go through. The, these games are going to be a lot tougher. They may struggle to win 10 games next year just based on the competition that they're going to be facing next season. So take advantage of it now. You have the best defense in the NFL, and those teams traditionally, the, the point mark, the point differential that the Bears have, as good as they've been, those teams have gone on to win the Super Bowl. So the Bears can do something that historically has been done before. You look at the 2013 Seahawks, the 2000 Ravens, the 1985 Bears that we know. Those teams all led the league in point differential the same way the Bears are. Their defense is leading the league in point differential, and those teams won the Super Bowl. The Bears can do something that this town hasn't seen since the 85 Bears, and we have a playoff game today that we haven't seen in eight years. They have a home playoff game, so if they take advantage of that, they can go then to Los Angeles and play a Rams team that they've already beaten, so they have confidence, and then it'll just come, and if they can get through that that road, then mm-hmm. who knows how it plays out, whether or not you're hosting an NFC title game or if you're actually, you know, have to go into New Orleans and play a daunting Saints team. We're going to bring in Alex Brown, former Chicago Bears great, in a moment here. But before we do that, I do want to play Tony Dungy's advice to Mitch Trubisky, which he gave to Waddle and Sylvie on Friday. I would tell him the same thing that I told Trent Dilfer and Sean King uh, in their first playoff games in Tampa. It is just football. And it's the same thing as that Hall of Fame game. So understand the preparation is the same. The only thing that's different is if you lose, there's no other game until next year. But you can't think about that. You have to just think about doing things the exact same way you've done them every week and go out and play that same game. You don't have to elevate your game. You don't have to do anything more. You just have to be who you were during the regular season. Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Dungy there as he joined Waddle and Sylvie on Friday. A man who knows a thing or two about playoff football. Alex Brown, former Bears great. You can hear him on NBC Sports Chicago right after the game on the football after show. Alex Brown joins us now here on ESPN 1000. Alex, good afternoon. Do you agree with Tony Dungy's assessment? The game is the same, but I have to imagine as you're getting ready for a playoff game, the feelings are different inside the locker room. Absolutely. I mean, I I totally agree with what he's saying, but I mean, you, it's hard to treat this game like another game. It's hard, but uh, if you can, then you'll calm down before everybody else. So, uh, I love what Coach Dungey is saying, and it's very hard for me to disagree with anything <laughs> that he's saying because he's one of the greatest coaches. So, uh, but if Mitch can. This team's 12-4 and four for a reason. And it's not because he was doing anything different. He wasn't just do what you have been doing, and this team will be fine. Take care of the football and get them in better place when they're not in a good place. A.B., take us back to the playoff games that you played in because based on this same topic of just like do what you've done all season, is there a story or something that sticks out to you of all the playoff games that you've played in where a teammate or someone else while you're standing on the sidelines did something abnormal from what usually took place during the regular season? You're like, oh, man, that might cost us. Is there something that sticks out that you remember? Oh, not really. The the couple times we went to the playoffs, things that stick out for me, and, and that was 
uncharacteristic our football team was well, one giving up 200 yards rushing in the Super Bowl. That was that hurt. <laughs> we shouldn't have played that way. And then going into the Carolina game in 05, thinking that just because we beat them in the regular season, we were going to beat them again, just because. And it didn't work out that way. So this game is going to be a big game, and it'll be really hyped up in the beginning, but just go play football because after about two minutes, that's what it's going to boil down to. Just going to be execution and making sure that we tackle. If we tackle, we're going to be fine. That's 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 my thing. I know everybody wants to talk about Mitch, but if we tackle today, we're going to be just fine on defense. We'll be fine. We'll we'll beat this team. So that being said, how if you're Vic Fangio, how do you attack Nick Foles and all the weapons that the Eagles have on offense? Oh man, yeah, I'm putting pressure on him. He's not a guy that can move. Um, I'm not going to go crazy with pressure because that puts more stress on your on your secondary. And I mean, we don't know if uh, if Eddie J is going to play or if he's going to be 100 percent or not. So I wouldn't go crazy with the blitzing. But honestly, I, I just do whatever he's been doing. Um, sometimes you run four because four is good enough to get there. Now I do think they should run games and stuff to get Khalil Mack um, and Hicks kind of running, playing. Uh, I don't know, getting games, getting them on different levels. Dolphins, but other than that, I mean, I, I truly, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how everybody else feel. I know these guys are the defending champion. Well, we weren't very good last year. Okay, things change in a year. And I don't think they're the same team that they were last year. So I think we're a completely different team. I think we're a better football team than them. So they were the champs last year. I don't think they're a championship team this year. Former Chicago Bears great Alex Brown joining us here on ESPN 1000. Meller, Black and Abdallah with you up until noon. Alex, the uh, Eddie Jackson is dealing with the ankle injury, and he's been questionable. He'll be a game-time decision. Talk to us just about what you have to do, what you have to go through trying to play through an injury, because we know if he's at all capable, Eddie Jackson's going to be out there, but I'm sure the team has to be cognizant of the fact that they don't want him out there in a position, as, especially as a safety, where he could hurt the team if the injury's bothering him enough. Right. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, he... But Eddie G ninety percent is not going to hurt the football team. It don't make the football team better. That's that's it. Eddie J. I mean, I think it kind of it'll also give everybody else a little boost too, just to have him back out there. But I think we have capable backups. But Eddie J. I mean, he's an all pro for okay, because he's that good. <laughs> that's uh, Mongo who just walked, walked into the studio. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's your call the headline, boys. Yes. Uh, Bear stop. down, Mongo. Bear down, Mongo. All right, Alex, back he's, to you. As you were saying. He's good, he's good man. He, he, he's an all-pro for a reason. So we need him out there. I think we'll be uh, – you don't want to rush it, obviously. I think Brady J, he's an SEC guy. So he's going to have to be missing a leg or something to miss this right here. That's what I think. I mean, uh, the SEC guys, we're, we're built to look different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, AB, uh, when you take a look at the Bears offense and Mitch Trubisky, what are you looking uh, from him to be successful today in this Bears offense? Oh, if we don't turn the ball over, that's it. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think this secondary can handle 
what Coach Nagy is going to be throwing at him. So I, I, I fully expect him to be running a lot of zone and stuff like that. And in zone, what we've seen Mitch do a lot is overthrows. He, he overthrows guys. And when you overthrow a guy and they're playing a zone, well, you throw it right to someone else. So he can't overthrow guys today. Relax, just come out. If he connects with those first couple, I think he'll be good. As long as we don't turn the ball over, we're going to beat this football team because our defense will smother the offense. I'm, I'm telling you, I might be the least nervous person in Chicago. Aside from Khalil Mack, who do you think has had the best season for the Bears on defense? Oh, man, that is tough. I actually think I think Hicks has had a, man, a really, really good season. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald having such a crazy year, I mean, I don't know. Hicks could be in that conversation of being an all-pro. Eddie Goldman, I think, uh, the splash plays he doesn't have, but it's what he means to this defense has been very, very, very good. Uh, Fuller. Fuller, there's, gosh, there's so many guys, man. Uh, I'll, I'll go with, I mean, to answer the question, I'll go with, oh, man. I'm going to go with Hicks, man. He's 9-6, man. I'm going to go with 9-6. And you can't go wrong there. Alex Brown, uh, yeah, former Bear, great NBC Sports Chicago on the football after show, joining us here on ESPN 1000. Alex, so you played in a couple home games, and notably against Seattle and the New Orleans Saints in the NFC title game back in 2006. Did you sense the crowd bring it to a different level in the playoff game in terms of noise when you guys were out there on defense. I, In fact, I was at both those games. I seem to recall a couple big third and fourth downs where the crowd was insane. Do you recall the crowd just being at another level as well from your perspective as a player? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think our fans, um, our fans played at two places, so playing at the Saints and playing here. Both fans understood what the playoffs were about. Um, never made it to a home playoff game with the Saints. I'm going to speak about the Bears fans, and they they knew they needed to take it to another level because they wanted us to take it to another level. So they gave us everything they had uh, during those during those playoff games, and, man, we went out and played play very hard. I think they, the guys are going to be on defense especially because – that's when the crowd is at its loudest, I think. You have to just keep, like, just keep them in it. Keep making those big plays. When the, when the crowd goes away, you start to see a game like the Houston game yesterday. When that crowd went away really early, and now you got to make big plays to get them in, and if you don't make any, they kind of go away. So our fans aren't going away. They're going to be here the whole time. A.B., when you take a look at uh, your team that you played on in 2006 that got to the Super Bowl, it's a tough question. Who had the better defense, your team or this current 2018 Bears defense? I, I don't think that that's a tough question. And people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, you guys are I'm hating us. I think this is a really good defense. Um you you guys in 2006 only gave up 255 points. This year's defense has given up 283. Now I know it's a little bit different yeah. offensively in the league, but you guys did. Well, I think that you guys had an incredible defense that year. So I think we should just enjoy this defense. Oh I mean, come on, AB, you got to give no, an no, answer. No, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna give you an answer. 
in 05, and I've always said it, I think just because we made the Super Bowl in 06, everybody wants to talk about that defense. We gave up 202 points in 05. And I think that that defense was better than the 06 mm-hmm. defense because we didn't, we just didn't make the Super Bowl. That's it. So our defense was better in 05. And no, I don't think this defense is there yet. I think they could get there. We're talking about we have Hall of Famers on that. Erlacher, Briggs will probably go. Peter has a good shot. I mean, that's three-on-one defense. I mean, I haven't even mentioned the Hall of Fame talent like uh, Mike Brown and Tommy Harris. If they don't get hurt, I mean, they could be in that conversation. So, I mean, we have a lot of guys. So we just got to wait to see. This defense is super exciting. They make plays. They, they attack the football. They think it's theirs as much as the offense. I love watching them. Does it remind me of the great defenses that are played here? Yes. But why do we have to say, why do we have to compare? Just 85, if you don't win the Super Bowl, you can't even be put in that category with the 85 team. So we're not in that category because we didn't win it. So go win it, and then we'll compare. You guys on the Football After Show on NBC Sports Chicago have been... I wouldn't say unjustly unfair, but you guys have been super hard on Cody Parkey. How concerned are you uh, about his game today? Do your job. (laughs) There it is. There it is. I don't don't, listen. I've seen Cody outside of uh, Hall, and he's always friendly, always nice. I think Cody understands that he has to do his job as a player playing when. When the offense and defense play 58 minutes of a game and it comes down to that last couple minutes and we need him to go do his job. We've been trying to do our job this whole game to put us in this position and now you come out and you don't do your job. Well, that's a problem. And now it's even magnified more now because it's the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's unjust we might not have been hard enough because we're talking about a good football team with a a window of opportunity here, and you don't want to squander it. And you definitely don't want it to lose it because you missed an extra point or you couldn't make the field goal that Robbie made when we went and we beat Seattle. So, like, those things. I mean, you look at – excuse me. You look at the Seattle game. And I think Robbie made three field goals to cap drives early in that game. If he misses those, well, the game feels close. And when we score that touchdown, we're not up 16-3 to three or whatever it was. Like, you have to take advantage of every point. And I think Cody understands that. Now, if he can't do it, we need somebody that can. I sure hope he can do it. But I'm going to be nervous just like everybody else. <laughs> All right, Alex, as we let you go, you mentioned it earlier about Eddie Jackson. The SEC yeah. player is just a different breed. Tomorrow night, you've got an SEC participant, Alabama, in the national championship game. Is Alex yep. Brown aligned with conference pride, or do you just hate Alabama enough where you're rooting for Clemson? No, no, no. I hate, I hate Alabama, um, and it will stay that way. All but- right. Um, but they're going to beat the crap out of us. <laughs> no, my hate didn't change. It's just I'm looking at this game, and they're going to put pressure on this quarterback, and I think he's going to fold under this type of pressure. 
We will be watching tonight, but we will be watching you uh, on NBC Sports Chicago after the game. Alex, thanks a lot for joining us today. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thank you so much. Former Bears great Alex Brown, who knows a thing or two about playoff football. Listen, we had to ask the question. The last time a Bears defense was this good was 2006, 2005. Yeah. We mm-hmm. had AB was on that defense on well, the edge. We that's ask. the conversation you had because I remember 05, 06, you had those conversations, which was better, the 85 defense or that defense. Listen, yeah. Nobody got Mongo is sitting there right good. now. Like, Mongo looks like he's going to come in here and take one of well, our heads off because like, we're having uh, this conversation right now. At 11.45, I can't wait to see Mongo's reaction when Chris asks him, who's better, this Bears defense or the 85 well, Bears defense? We know that. He's pushing you aside. Mongo's in studio. In three playoff games, we gave up 10 total points. We'll see what happens this year. Yeah. That's That's all he needs to say. I think the gauntlet has been laid down by Mongo. Go ahead, Bears. Break the Bears record. Give up less than 10. I can, if they do that, I'll gladly sign up for that, please. I agree. That would be Mm -hmm. a good run. Agreed. Uh, that was Mongo you heard pop in studio. He's up next at noon with Fred Hubner. They will take you guys all the way up to game time as Bears get set to host the Eagles on the lakefront. I'm Meller, along with Black and Abdallah. <laughs> was that a bagel or a donut that, that you spit onto the mic cover? We are going. What was that, Mongo? We're going to take a quick <laughs> timeout. Sell this on eBay and recover. <laughs> that spittle is the size of a football. We're going to collect decided. ourselves. Get him I'm going to have him sign this piece of bagel he spit on my mic cover. <laughs> That's Dunkin' Donuts croissant. There you yeah, go. Croissant ooh, off ooh, the board. Little Mongo Dunkin' oh. for you there. <laughs> Miller, oh, Black, Abdallah here on ESPN. 1000. What is this? This is Chicago's Game Day. Late last night, they announced that Trey Burton, their highly paid starting tight end, is now questionable with a groin injury. So you have to imagine that happened during the Saturday walkthrough and not the late night snack at the team hotel late last night. Uh, you know, Trey Burton's a big part of this offense, 54 catches. He talked all week about the excitement about facing his former team. So he's questionable officially. Uh, we'll see where, what his status is when we get to the stadium in a little bit. But obviously not a great sign this late in the game when one of your best offensive players pops up on that report. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. That voice, that familiar voice you heard, Jeff Dickerson, earlier this morning on ESPN Radio discussing Trey Burton's injury. And if you are heading to the game now and you are unaware... Trey Burton was added to the injury report with a groin injury. He is listed as questionable, so he will have to give it a go in pregame warmups and see if he is going to be available for the Bears. So that just adds to the Eddie Jackson question as well. And it's notable, key Bear players. It's notable, Jeff, because he wasn't on the injury report this week. This is new, being added on Saturday night after everything was over uh, with throughout the week. So. When did this injury happen? Uh, how long has it been lingering? Did it just happen yesterday? Uh, and it's kind of unusual for a team to announce at about, what, 940 on a Saturday night that uh, one of their players is being listed as questionable for the next day's game mm-hmm. with a groin injury. Yeah, and you have to wonder whether it happened in the walkthrough, like JD said, or those uh, those little dance offs that they have. I'm not oh. saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You, are you saying the American Idol style dance off where judges are there to to Look. judge two dancers competing uh, based on uh, the work that they've done throughout the week to figure out their coordinated dance moves? I've never pulled a groin walk walking in a walkthrough. 
Chris. Well, ever... Tom Waddle was on with us at ten o'clock, and he yeah, said walkthroughs back in the day were, were a bit of running. So it's a different NFL. Okay, this is a different I... NFL. Just saying, it it clearly happened yesterday, right? It, can we can we assume that it that's what took place on Saturday? Yes, it's unusual. I think that's clear. Ultimately, while that would be a bit disappointing if it happens in mm-hmm. the dance off, um, it's irrelevant. Hopefully, he can play. Yeah, that's, if he plays, it doesn't matter. That's that's the key. Uh, I don't think you can really put any doubt into the atmosphere and culture that Matt Nagy has created so far. And if uh, dance-offs happen to be part of it, well, then so be it. Sometimes there's a casualty that happens that's unfortunate. Um, and obviously, I would imagine if it did occur in the dance-off for whatever reason, they would probably rethink the dance-offs going forward if it got to the point where people are straining grinds. Can we have just Chase Daniel do the dancing? Someone that doesn't, like, hey, man. someone that isn't affected. Why, why, I don't why, think you want to put anybody in the line. I don't think you want to put anybody in the line of fire because let's be honest, Chase Daniel. You never know. Like injuries happen. He, there, you know, yeah. he may have to take a snap today. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. But you never know. And I'll tell you what, though, there are worse quarterbacks in the league. At least if for whatever reason it gets to that, Chase Daniel True. Um, is somebody who's competent enough who might be able to get you through a game, especially a game against the Eagles where you would hope your defense can lead the way and hold them down to uh, less than 10 points, as Mongo was uh, telling us about. And let me tell you, folks, it is the playoffs. Oh. Oh. And I guarantee you... <laughs> Mongo is in playoff form. Coming up at noon with Fred Hubner, the guys will be previewing Bears and Eagles, taking you right up to kickoff. And I, let me know. Let me tell you. Mongo has something special in store for you folks. So that's coming up at noon. But uh, before we get to that, we do have a magical recap of the Bears season that we're going to play for you before we get out of here. And before we do that, mm-hmm. right now, we're going to play for you the Bears hype video as narrated by Mitch Trubisky. Ready for Super Bowl 20. They say legends are made in the playoffs. But we're not about that. We are focused on our work. On what got us here. On our obsession to be the best. indisputable is that when you play for each other for your city when we all play as one when we all bring the noise those bonds become unbreakable even against the champs We are in our house, and in our house, it's time to go to work. Well, that doesn't get you hyped. I don't know what will, gentlemen. Are you boys ready to give to deliver a boom at the opening kickoff? Yeah, if, for if sure. The Bears I mean, kick off? listen, I think people are, are very excited all week. People have been wearing their Bears gear. You hyped. see it all around downtown. People are hyped. definitely hyped. That video Ugh, is awesome. Those are Eagles fans across the street. Mongo, there's Eagles fans across go the street. Them, go get them. Mongo, Mongo with the bounty from through the wall. $1,000 bounty. Yes, yeah, that's a bit much. 
Look at him go. <laughs> yeah, yes, look at him go. I, I like how Mongo keeps barging in here like he's the Kool-Aid man. He's ready. Yeah, it's, no, it's he's fantastic. Ready. It, he's I here told early. You. He brought the Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Yeah. He's ready to go. It's playoff uh, Mongo. He's ramped yeah. up. Yeah. He's... Hey. What I want to know right now again. is you guys got your big boy pants on? I'm, I'm always. Do you yeah. have your big boy pants on? You see him sagging? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wearing my party pants, too. It's, uh, your they're, party they're, pants? They're, they're my work pants as well. So my, <laughs> my drinking pants, my work pants, and my party pants. Your party pants double as your work yeah, pants. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all sagging. hyped. We're all hyped. We're all hyped and ready to go. If you uh, want to join the party, 312-332-3776. And, of course, as I mentioned, you heard uh, a few highlights in the Bears hype video. But if that wasn't enough for you, you will hear lots of Bears highlights coming up when we play our Bears recap of the entire season. It's been a magical run. It's been a magical season. It has been unexpected, but completely awesome if you're a Bears fan. And as we get ready for the playoffs today, there, what better way than to relive the season? We're going to do that for you when we come back. How about that? Sound good to you guys? Yeah, it sounds excellent. You want to hear some Bears highlights when we come back? This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Oh, man, it is. We are now... We are now, here, gentlemen. Is it here time comes yet? the countdown. Is it time yet? Yep. Yep. You ready yet? for it? Are you ready for it? We are three hours. Three hours, gentlemen. And f- three hours and 55 minutes? Yes. Yeah. I was going to give you an exact. Thank you. Oh, for- okay. I thought you just said it three hours. I didn't know you were going to give me the minutes, too. Well, you, you jumped on it, but that's well, okay. Well, you said three hours like four times. <laughs> uh, I was doing math. I don't know um, about you, but I'm about an hour away from being in the parking lot and tailgating, oh. so... I'm ready to go. So we are three hours and 55 minutes away from kickoff. Meller, Black and Abdallah here with you. Uh, we start at nine. We're here till noon. And when we're done, Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael, Chicago's NFL game day will take over. And as we've been telling you for the last half hour, Mongo is in playoff form. He's playoff. fired up. He has upped the ante. He's ready to go. He's rearing. And uh, he the will be fringe here. fringe on the leather jacket is so clean today. I'm he, not a prophet, uh-huh. but I think like one. He will be here. The prophet will be here at noon with Fred Hubner. And uh, we are going to give you our thoughts on this Bears and Eagles game momentarily. But before we do that, the magical season that has been 2018 and hopefully extends into 2019, gentlemen. Hyped. It all began back last year. In January, when Ryan Pace decided to make Matt Nagy the Bears head coach. The Bears are hiring Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, two days after he's eliminated. He will be hired as the Bears head coach. He is in the building right now. They are finalizing that contract. He will be the Bears' new head coach. I come here and I start meeting everybody and you see where they're at. They're hungry and the fans are hungry. And I get the that. Raiders are planning to trade Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears in a move that will bolster the Bears' pass rush, and the Bears could afford to pay Mack because they pay the young quarterback and Mitchell Trubisky. But if everything works out today, Mack is on his way to Chicago. What's the Mack attack all about? Oh, domination. domination. Packers, Bears. And this time he's going to go down. It's going to be picked off by Mack. Mack with the interception. 
interception. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. How crazy was that? Robertson Harris extracted the ball. 28 yards, and Khalil Mack is already the defensive MVP of the season. Rodgers surveying, fires. That's caught. Randall Cobb into Chicago territory. Randall Cobb inside the 20-yard line. Randall Cobb is going to score. 75 yards. That is crazy. This could set the Chicago Bears back 100 years. There's no way they could lose this game. Trubisky, look out, loses the ball on a fourth down play. Nick Perry. And, and, and the first Green one Bay is going to win it. All right, well, obviously, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one for us. It stings. Um, yeah, I want our guys to, to feel that. They understand. I want our coaches to feel it. Um, you know, we, we talked about finishing, and, and we didn't do that. I feel like I left a lot of throws out there. I definitely have to go back to the film. Uh, I know on a few of those I got happy feet. to 17. Trubisky with a couple of touchdown passes. That defense was dominant in the first half with that guy. The new addition Khalil Mack. Domination. Bears at Cardinals. Second down and eight. Stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack forces the fumble. Well, the Bears are that much away from going two and one for the first time in four years. And the Cardinals drop to 0 3. First time since 2005, and the Bears survive. Team win uh, collectively, and I know um, again it, it's this is uh, you know for our defense three weeks in a row now where they've they've done some special things. Buccaneers at Bears. Down and goal. They try the same play again, and this time a touchdown to Taylor Gabriel. The sixth touchdown pass. In this game for Trubisky, who had 12 starts a year ago through seven. I'm so happy for Mitch. It's it's great to see him uh, get the stats to go along with his preparation, his hard work. It felt good out there. Uh, everything that Coach Nagy was calling was working, and we just we just kept rolling. Bears at Dolphins. The snap, the kick for the win, and it's one The kick for the win. For the most part, we did a pretty good job, and then obviously Cody and the rest of us would have liked him to make that, but um, that's a that's a part of this game, and uh, we win as a team and we lose as a team. Patriots at Bears. Desperation mode for Chicago. Trubisky uncorks. Deep ball on the way. It is caught, but he couldn't get in. Stopped at the one. The Bears will fall short. It is Kevin White. Chicago came that close to a miracle toss. Jets set Bears. In the secondary he goes, and he will not be caught. Touchdown, Chicago. And now you're seeing the electricity. When you leave Cohen one-on-one and he has that much space, you ain't touching him. Final score is Chicago 24 and New York 10. I'm loving it. You know, I get to uh, touch the ball a lot more. 
uh, more often than last year, more consistent than last year, I feel. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving it right now. Bears at Bills. That's another pick away from the Bears. Leonard Floyd with a touchdown for Chicago. Jordan Howard bouncing inside into the end zone for a Bears touchdown. Vikings at Bears. On the 44-yard line. Trubisky keeps it and takes a shot from Smith. A couple of kneel downs will end it. This will take them to a mark of 7-3. and three. And This was that signature win they were looking for. Bears at Lions. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. Mitch, uh, he has a, a right shoulder that we're uh you know that we're we're dealing with right now and it's uh it's something that uh, is going to be day-to-day for us bears and giants what's coming daniel in trouble just lets it fly going deep for gabriel and the giants win it and in overtime the giants with an exciting 30 to 27 win Rams at Bears. They got all kinds of defensive players in the game right now. Michael Brockers is in there. Hicks in the backfield, a tailback, and here we go. Trubisky throws, and that's caught by Bradley Soule, lineman, eligible for the touchdown. And the Rams stay alive. They can another interception. Will Kamara this time. Four picks. Their defense. One for the books tonight. We gave the game ball to the city and to the fans, and that's what it's all about. Our players appreciate it. It was absolutely electrifying from the start to the finish. I mean, it was it was just powerful. Packers at bay. Rodgers. End zone throw, and it's intercepted. And it's Eddie Jackson who said it's personal after week one. Giving up the winning touchdown against Rodgers. What a turnaround for the Bears. And the monsters of the midway are back. Nagy, Trubisky, and this defense, the NFC North champs. Uh, they reign in Chicago as they defeat the Packers here today. We went through last year uh, not winning any division games. So I would like to say, you know, we came from the bottom. And we finally got to the top now. Bears at Vikings. Corner of Ukamara in motion. The pass is caught for the two-point conversion. It's Kwiatkowski. They had a corner, Troy, and a linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski. Nagy in this offense. Man, impressive. A stifling defense, an exciting offense. The best Bears team in years. And now, it's playoff time. It's a lot of excitement. You know, again, I mean, this is what everybody works so hard for. You know, again, um, since day one we came in here, you know, we set our goals in our division to put us in this in this position right here. You have those aspirations at the beginning of the season. You you want to be in that hunt at the end of the day. Where But remember what I said. It's about unfinished business. You got me? And we got we got bigger things, we got bigger goals. The pursuit of the Lombardi trophy begins today for the Bears as they host the Eagles on the lakefront. Boom. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski for that wonderful montage. Boom. I'm sure you'll be hearing that at least one more time today, if not more. Boom. Hopefully. Boom. 
We can add the playoff highlights to that as well going forward. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. We're going to keep making it. You know what? Eventually, eventually. If when they get to the Super Bowl and win that'll the Super just Bowl, be the show. Yeah. It'll be it'll be an hour long mind. Yeah, that'll just be the show. That'll be the nine o'clock hour. Boom. Yeah. Boom. 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 Um, so thank you to Eric. Great job, Eric. We appreciate it. Thanks to our boy Tommy Waddle. Tom Waddle. You can hear him tomorrow at two. Thanks to Colin Wilson of the Action Network. And thanks to Alex Brown of NBC Sports Chicago. He's on the after show on NBC Sports Chicago. Let's go eat some bird. Let's do it. Eat the bird and uh, have a great time watching the game. Fred Mongo are up next. They will take you right up till kick. Again, for Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, I'm Jeff Meller. Go Bears.